right, let's start like always with uh, telling you to go visit the Facebook page, leave a review for Average Joe's Above Average Beer Podcast. Uh, follow me on all social media outlets like Instagram at uh, Average Joe's Beer Podcast. And get me at Twitter and untapped at JoeBob41. And the biggest thing is to leave an iTunes review. That's uh, the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast other than just downloading and listening to it all the time. Um, this was... Uh, this was an awesome little one-off episode. So since I've been doing this podcast, I've met a bunch of cool people. In early days of the podcast, I met this cool person, uh, John Bitterman. John Bitterman is a collector, beer historian, and an all-around just a cool dude. Um, we, we got together, sat down at the Monkey House, uh, thanks to Dan and Jason over at Metal Monkey and Brandy for letting us use the space. So we poured some Romeo pills. I, I made mine into hot beers. John Bitterman does not play that game. But uh, we had a great conversation. We got to know about what goes into the beer collecting world. And if anybody knows John or follows John on social media, you can look at all of his crazy stops and his little tours of certain regions of the beer world in the state and sometimes maybe even out of the state. But, uh, yeah, it was a great conversation overall. It was always good to talk to my, my now friend, John Bitterman. For John Bitterman, we are we are rolling in live now. Finally, finally, after all these years, <laughs> it's been months. I guess I, mean, I exaggerated, but uh, it's about, well, about five six. Months. But we're here, man. This yes. is great. Yes. Um, John Bitterman is joining me. Uh, this is a different. This is a different podcast. You guys are used to me going to a brewery. I've done a couple <laughs> of like different things in the beer industry, but for the most part, it's a brewery, an owner, a brewer, a bottle shop. You are what I, what I would I don't even know if you have a name for yourself, but I call you a collector and a beer historian. I mean, that's that's pretty much the way I take it myself. Okay. I'm I'm a historian and a collector. I didn't really have to say your name because most everybody that probably listens to this knows who you are, and anybody who doesn't is going to get to know you really fast. So, uh, you're just you're the guy that goes everywhere. I do. I do. <laughs> I uh, I probably hit almost every brewery in the state in a rolling uh, one year period. Uh, week and a half from now actually middle of august i'm headed downstate to a ball game in st louis i'll be down there for three days so i'll hit a couple on the st louis side but i'll knock off some of them on the illinois side that yeah, a couple dozen i'm sure knowing yeah. you you don't really mess around <laughs> i like watching like some of your social media stuff just because you're like it's like legs you have legs of the trip you know <laughs> like <laughs> you t- you pick out like a like a region and you're like all right I know I got like five today. Like yeah, I can have yeah, five yeah, here. Yeah. Like explain some of the thought process, baby. If I'm going someplace, I, I want to knock off as many in a certain area, and I usually start the furthest away from the house, and I work my way back. Uh, that way, if you know I'm getting tired or running out of money or the phone dies, which it's been doing a lot of lately. <laughs> uh, need to get, somebody <laughs> needs to get a Kickstarter <laughs> for a spare battery. What are you, an Android guy? We're gonna, yeah, yeah, we're gonna uh, find you a spare battery. Uh, yeah, it's just where I haven't been in a while. Uh, sometimes it's what I've seen that they've put on tap that I'm interested in that'll send me to a certain direction. Uh, sometimes it's they've got a new glass or, you know, there's a new brewery area I haven't been to, so I'm going to head to that new brewery and then hit the other four or five in that general vicinity. And towards the end, I usually like to just go, well, where's John going to go next? I, you know, I play that <laughs> where's Waldo sort of game where where am I going to finish my night at? I have done 40 plus episodes of this show and talked to so many brewers and assistant brewers and owners and founders of places like this. And I'm pretty sure every one of them knows who you are. So 
Like how did how does that happen? Like I know you're you're, you're saying you're going to all these places, but like mm-hmm. just because you go to these places doesn't automatically entitle you to have met a brewer or talked to an owner or like. But they all seem to know you. I think part of it is uh, how long I've been doing it, and I mean that in the sense that uh, I've been doing this for the better part of thirty years. Uh, I was at the old Siebens Brewing Company when it opened in uh, 87 in Chicago. I was at Goose Island shortly after they opened. Uh, I was uh, I knew the Dinehearts from Chicago Brewing Company. Uh, Udo from over at uh, Wine Keller. Uh, and as I got more and more involved, every time I would go someplace, I would be like, my name is John. I'm a collector. Do you have a business card? Let me get a glass. (laughs) You got a glass? I got a growler. I mean, the first time I went to the Rock Bottom, uh, downtown Chicago, uh, they'd only been open for a week. And I walked in, sat down, I got a meal, and I said to the uh, waitress, I go, I would like one of every glass and mug you have. And she looked at me and she goes, you know, that's like eight glasses and four mugs. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm -hmm. Pack them up, bring them to me, bring me the bill. And within three minutes, I had the general manager, the manager, and the brewer over at my table going, who are you? Who are you, (laughs) and why are you buying one of every glass and mug we have? And I explained, I'm a collector. I collect, I preserve, I tell the story. And uh, I went in there three weeks later. I was treated like royalty. Hey, Mr. John, thanks for coming back. We're glad you made the trip in the city. We realize you're coming in from Joliet. We really appreciate that. But back then, that was your only option. Your choices of breweries out in the suburbs were far and few between now every other block's got one and every time you turn around there's another one opening up god bless it i love it there's it no makes better time this podcast to be, possible no better time to be a beer drinker really and because of that uh you know and then my involvement with the guild i i volunteer with the guild at their meetings uh checking in the brewers and stuff like that because it is easy because i do know them all i don't have to ask who you are i just pass out the name badges and i help uh, at uh, at you know fobab and i help at other events so i get to know them and I guess just by word of mouth, people have, uh, you know, come to know who I am. I mean, explain, like, why, why, why does somebody need to join the, 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 the Illinois Brewers Guild when they don't brew beer? No, no, I mean, right? no. You don't brew beer, right? No, uh, yeah. no, 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 I don't. And I, I don't, I'm not a member. I'm just a volunteer that shows up every quarter at the meeting and does, you know, what I can to help them out because these people are good to me. Uh, I mean, they're all... They're all my friends. Uh, I show up. They, you know, sometimes they hand me glasses. I get industry discounts, and I'm not an industry member. And they, you know, they give me breaks, so it's a way for me to give back to the people that help me out by helping their meeting run more efficiently and smoothly as best I can. Well, not only that. I mean, that that's that's definitely one positive thing about what you're doing. And and like I said, I, uh, everybody knows you. And also, I've never heard that story where it's like John Bitterman. I wish that guy would stop coming to my fucking brewery. Like <laughs> nobody's got that story. Everybody's everybody loves to have you there. Everybody loves to see you there. Everybody loves to see your posts on social media and when you're at certain places. So I mean, I think that kind of is more of an ambassador role almost. That you're not even <laughs> not something you're trying to do. Like you're not like no, setting out to be an ambassador. No, but I, I've kind of stumbled into that. I think the other part of the problem, uh, the other reason rather that they like to see me is that. Uh, they know I get around so much, so they come over and they can find out what's going on at, at Brewery X, what's going on at Brewery Y. What did you have over at this brewery? What have you heard about this brewery opening? Uh, is there a new one that's coming? I, I heard this. Because uh, yeah, I'm on the, really, the, a lot of the times, the cutting edge of, of breweries that are about to open, and I don't know how I stumble into as many as I do. But at any given time, there's probably 12 to 15 breweries in the state that I'm watching waiting for their opening. 
I'm, I, I need to start utilizing you more. And I have, I have like in a backwards way where I've just kind of, you know, seen your posts and been like, oh, I didn't know that was coming. I didn't know this person was going. And so now I'm like, oh, now I need to get out there. Now I need to email that person and see if they want to tell their story, you know. So you, you've been a big help to the community, whether you know it or not, or you're setting out to do that or not. But No, uh, it's, uh, I set out to do nothing except enjoy beer. Uh, collect some things from the breweries and, uh, you know, help to tell their story, uh, especially once they're gone. Uh, you know, you, some of these breweries that uh, have long since gone, their stories are disappearing. People who used to work there, people who knew of them or remembered them, don't anymore. Glen Ellen Brewing Company. You ask any of these brewers who the Glen Ellen Brewing Company is, <laughs> and you're going to get maybe four of them who are going to go, God, yeah. I remember that brewery. That was that was the shifts. That was yeah. That was a Ryan and what was the other guy's name? And it, you know, it's it's things like that that they, they disappear. The, uh, and that information slowly disappears from people's memories. But I was there. I've got the cards. I've got the coasters. I've got the glasses. That's crazy. So uh, I'm in part helping to to keep some of that alive. And uh, we might as well touch on it because we didn't really get into that. But uh, we are we are joined by one of the we're, we're in the monkey house. We're in the uh, second. Uh, area of the monkey house not right in the tap room uh jason and dan were kind enough during their double brew day to let us have the uh the newer section of the monkey house to to hang out and do our podcast we're joined by one of the cats and he is uh we have a spare microphone here and he is just having a good time with it right now he is he's trying to walk across the computer but hello kitty kitty but i mean you talked about uh, local breweries and 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 you know, kind of go into your neighborhood. Now you can. There's one on every block now. Well, we're kind of taking advantage of that right now. Sitting at uh, the Metal Monkey facility, or drinking the little Romeo uh, pil- pills here. <laughs> the cat, the cat is cracking me up. He's like ready to pounce on you. Oh, you like some of that? He wants some of that beer. So I mean, do people ever go like, what? What do you need all these glasses? For? Like, why do you? I, I, why do you I, do I, this? I, like, I, what's the what's the end game for collecting? I do get that. I do get that end game question with a lot of it. Uh, and the 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 funniest thing about it is, is you have to remember, I don't just save craft stuff. I save all brewery advertising throughout the state's history. So I've got tons of stuff from the the, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, into the 70s when uh, Peter Hand closed, and. A lot of pre-prohibition stuff, and everybody's like, what are you going to do with this all one day? And my response is usually, um, and the guild hates me, I keep telling Katie that I'm going to pack all of the craft stuff in boxes, and the U-Hauls are going to show up at the uh, guild office and unload it all. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling you, yep, you guys are going to have to take over this over. You're going to get it, over, gonna, get it, it all. Guys. Uh, the Juliet stuff is going to go to the uh, Juliet Area Historical Museum, uh, and the rest of it can go into auction. I'm dead. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. I don't care. <laughs> Whoever gets to the house first can get whatever they want. Well, and, and that's a, that's another thing. That's another part of your and I's connection. I mean, from the time I started this podcast, maybe like a a week into it, I had uh, people reaching out to me saying, "Like, do you know who John Bitterman is?" And at the time, I had not known who you were, and I found out really quickly from uh, Jamie Albert at Will County and, uh, and Dan down James at Kennedy, Dan down it, at, at Migraine. Yeah, yeah. Every everybody, everybody had something to say about about John Bitterman. So, and then. We ended up getting finally like to meet each other based uh, from Nick uh, Jacuz, who yep. works for the River ninety five nine, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and he did uh, because you, during what was that started in February? Did that start in February uh, this uh, year? Yeah, I think February. Yeah. When you were started yeah. doing the Joliet Historical Museum, yeah, right? yeah. The, uh, I have an exhibit down there that was going to run through October, but they've now extended it through the end of the year. Uh, I'm in the main exhibit Sounds hall. Uh, a nice, uh, it, it's basically almost my entire Joliet collection. 
And on top of that, uh, some nice uh, storyboards and things of that nature that tell the story of breweries in Joliet. And again, that's part of the history, is that uh, we've come full circle from a time when every town had a brewery, and then we lost them all with, because of big business and the rest of the things that went with that. And now we're coming full circle back to where every town has a brewery again. Everything is craft again. Everything's local. It know? is. It is. That's what I'm seeing is that the hyper-localness of, of beer right now. It's like people are foregoing the, even like if you're a suburb guy like us, it's like I'd rather not have the Chicago one. I'll have the one that's from the town over, Romeoville, you know. And, and the beers out here are just as well-made as they are in so Chicago. Good. And that's that's the great thing about it is, like I said, you know, back in the uh, late 80s, early mid-90s, all the way up through about 2000 or so, right there in the 2000 before the really big boom occurred. Uh, if you wanted to have good beers, you had three or four breweries scattered across the suburbs, and you had four or five in the city, and that was it. Oh, you're looking at Chicago, probably is approaching 160 breweries in the city and the Collar counties right now. 300 all around, man, I think, I think uh, uh, in the uh, yeah. Chicago land area, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you throw in India, you throw in a couple in Indiana, and on the other side of Wisconsin, and you've, you've, you've got more than enough choices now, so... There's no need to drive into the city. It's great to drive into the city, experience a, a, a different brewery or one that you haven't been to before or, you know, a, a, a beer that they're making that uh, you don't find that often or, uh, you know, some of the suburbs like uh, Grotsky's uh, is, a, is a very tough beer to find. But if I want a Grotsky, I'm going up to Sketchbook. There's certain beer, certain breweries that uh, have, have latched okay, out. I don't know about beer. that beer. Go into it's that. It's a smoked well, Polish beer. Okay. Uh, it... Uh, it's a it's a it's a lager. Like how does that differ from like a like a you know a, what do you, a rock beer or something? Not nearly as smoky. Okay. Way lighter in in the smoke. Uh, okay. And and the, and the malt too is a little bit lighter malt than what your traditional rock beer is. Okay. But it's a hard style to find, and they it's almost on tap all the time up at Sketchbook. Sketchbook. So. Uh, if you're in the mood if for it. If you're in Evanston. Or in Evanston. <laughs> and again, and that's the whole point. If I'm going to Evanston, I'm in Evanston, I'm at Sketchbook. I'm going to be at Smiley. I'm going to be at Temperance. I'm going to be at Peckish Pig. And now uh, and now, uh, Midnight Pig has a tap room up there. The beer is, of course, produced down here in Plainfield, but they're sending it up there. And the last time I did that tour is when I did one of the Where's John Going Next? And I finished my night at Alarmist. I now you're them. creeping into the north side of the city. And once you get into the north side of the city, well, you're going, well, geez, I'm an alarmist. I'm five minutes from Half Acre. I'm five minutes from Spiteville. And you're you're I'm, old and Irving. Then, 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 you then Spiteville. And then pretty you got, soon you're looking, yeah. well, geez, look, there's Beguile just down the yeah, street. Yeah, Beguile and Dovetailer yeah, right there. Yeah, I mean. that's, that's, that's the whole problem. That when I do go out, you have, I, I, you, you have to stick to, to your plan. Otherwise, you look at you go, well, geez, I'm seven minutes from that brewery. I'm seven minutes from that brewery. I'm seven minutes from that brewery. And pretty soon you're two and a half hours from your house and you're eight or nine breweries into your day Whoops. and you're going, oops, now I got a problem. <laughs> Where, where's the hotel? Is there a hotel a, nearby someplace? That's a John Bitterman problem. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else gets to experience those problems. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I can tell you a couple other people that have done the same thing. That's pretty thing. good, though. Right? I mean, I, I hear you. That's, a, that's, that's how it goes. Um, but for you, when you're making your, your tours and your rounds, I mean, when you're leaving the house, are you focused on like, Okay, this one I need a glass from. This one I need a can from. Uh, I remember when you and I met over at uh, Will County. We, yep. we went that day, you know, you sat down with, they have two different color crawlers. Yep. You got both of them yep. filled with air. Of course. Sealed up. Sealed up, air sealed. And boom. Uh, well, the last one I was on was I had not been to uh, Hickory Creek. 
Only been open like is that, is that New Lennox? Uh, yes, it's New Lennox, New Lennox on Larry yeah. Road. Uh, only been open I think two, maybe three weeks. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I haven't been to Hickory Creek, and I'm going, well, I'll go. Well, you know what? There's new coasters at Arrowhead. Okay. Well, you know, I'm going that far. I haven't. Well, I was at Tribes twice in the past month, and I skipped those others. So, I think it's going to be 350 because I haven't been there in a while. That was what it started. It started as I have not been to Brewery A. Well, Brewery. B has a coaster, and Brewery C has a coaster, so I'm just headed that way. Uh, and it, it, I, I would have probably gone to, to Hailstorm and Sound Growler, except it was now 11 o'clock at night, Whoops. and I had to be up at 5.30 the next day, yeah. and I was like, nope, I can't stay out that much longer. If I did not have to be out the next day, I'd have certainly hit Hailstorm and Sound Growler, because yeah. once again, you're a minute and a half away from 3.50 and the rest of that. Or even oh, even open bottle. Across I was going to say street. I ran into you at open bottle that one day. Yeah, even yeah. open bottle across the street, mm-hmm. and that's the problem. Well, you know, once you get out, you just it, it's a it's a it's a great fun time. That area in particular is tough because you have you have them you have open bottle. You've got you've got uh, the three fifty across the street. You can go five minutes over to Hailstorm. You can go to Soundground. Yeah, you got yeah. three crafted nineteen seventy nines out there. You got two bottle shops, three breweries, and then what? Banging Gavels coming there now. Yeah, Banging Gavels coming there now too. You get stuck out there. You can easy. get easily stuck out there, and like I said, it, you have to have a plan in mind. Uh, I know for a fact my upcoming plan is like I said. I'm going to end up going up 55. I'm going to hop off, and I'm going to probably probably either start at Weiner and go south down western. Oh. Or I may go a little bit north and hit Vice District and Motor Row before I hit Weiner. One trick pony. <laughs> open out Open outcries. Open Shout outcry. out to John Brand. Open, we and, love and, John. And, and Mark Coco over at uh, One Trick. And then, and then Blue Island. Yeah. And then I'll get on 80, and then I'll get on 80, and I'll go... I got to go home now, and I'll be driving down 80, and I'll be driving past Harlem, going, "Oh, geez, uh, there's just a, uh, there's another. I could, go, right I could go right there, but uh, but you know, you have to you have to stop oh, at some point and go. Okay, that's. I can add Mars's tap room into the, that yeah, equation. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, I guess the, it, and, uh, you know, if I'm into that uh, that area, I, you know, Moody Tongue is not that far away. And, on tour, and on tour is on right there, and that's right the problem. There. You're once again Hubbard. look once again looking where. Any brewery is merely... I'm getting mentally lost with you now, John. I'm kind of like, man, look at all the possibilities. Is <laughs> Any brewery is merely five minutes away from the uh-huh. next brewery for the most part. Uh, and I, like I said, I will sometimes skip a brewery here and there because I've been to them recently, and I would rather hit one that I've not been to in four or five months versus one that I was at three months ago. And so you get little pockets or holes where I just won't get to you for probably five or six months because of the way I go, the way I jog. But at the same time, if, if I see on Facebook next week that you've got a, a crawler can or you've got a new coaster or you've got a new glass, you're moving higher up the list for sure. <laughs> you just got bumped. You got bumped up. You get, you get bumped, bumped up, up the list. Yep. You get a boost, like a, a Facebook post boost. Yeah. Um, and then you're also, I mean, the other, the other thing about you is it's it's non-discriminant either because you follow you i've seen you all the way down in way south illinois like with scratch maybe yes yeah yeah yeah. um every year i go down to scratch's anniversary party uh i love that place i love their beers i wish they were more available up here than they are i know sometimes uh i know sometimes open uh, bottle they get they they drive down there and pick them up yeah yeah amazing him and julie drive down there and they pick them up Mm -hmm. and drive them up here and the same with triptych uh, a lot Love of their triptychs, a lot of their beers are people drive down and pick them up and bring them up here because they Denver don't just did that them. over at Crafted a few months back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I always go down to uh, to Scratch to their anniversary party. I love the place. I love everything about it. I love the environment it sits in. 
and uh, my brother lives in Bloomington, so it gives me. I go down to Bloomington. Okay. I hit, I'll hit the, you know, I'll hit the still. Little Beaver, Little Beaver, and White Oak in Bloomington. In Bloomington, stay yeah. the night at my brother's, and then drive down to Scratch, and then on the way home, I think this past time on the way home, I think I stopped in Decatur at Decatur Brewing Company. I don't think I did not go to Door Four. I don't think they were uh, they were open that day. I don't know about them. See uh, another another yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could learn so much from you, John. I can learn so much. I I, the, I I I I oddly enough, I often will send to Katie uh, in messages, uh, Katie Carrier uh, uh, Guild, uh, right. uh, when I find a new brewery. Uh, like I said, uh, like three weeks ago, Ryan Brewing Company opened. Uh, it's north of Rockford. Really. And uh, it's it's on my list when I head up to Madison uh, in a week and a half to to knock them off. They've got glasses. I've never had their beers. I've never been in the building, so they just moved right up to the top. <laughs> of the they list right up now, to the top huh? of the list. And like I said, on the way back from uh, from Dubuque a short time ago, I was uh, you know I knocked off Dubuque. I knocked off uh, I knocked off Galena Brewing Company, Lena Brewing Company, Generations Brewing Company, uh, Wild. Oh God, they're going to kill me because I can't remember the name right now. Wild Farms, I think it is out Wild there. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and was running short on time and only stopped at Prairie Street in Rockford. Well, that means the next time I pass through that area, Prairie Street's not going to get stopped at. But instead, you're going to see Ryan, and you're going to see Carson. You're going to see me stopping at Carson at Pig Mine, or you're going to see me stopping at uh, at Carlisle's, because I those three did not get a hit in the last time I went through <laughs> that area. So this time they win. How do you play the logistic game, though? Like, what, what's your go-to? I mean, are you like Google Maps? Let's see. Spread it out. Show me what, show me what, what to do. It's in my head. Like, you're, yeah, you're yeah, just it's, that it's good like, directionally? It's like a, it's like a Google Maps. Yes, yes, Like, yes. I can barely do, <clears throat> get anywhere without my Google Maps there, half the like, time. There's I'm a, like, terrible a, yeah, it's like it. a, There's like a Google Map in my head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, like, but how do you get the first, how do you input that information? I mean, the very that, first time I go, once I go, once I've been to your brewery the first time. But how do you get to it the first time? That's what I'm saying. The first like time, the, first time I will, I will Google Map it. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, the so very first starting point. Yeah, the very first time I will Google Map it. But once I've been to your place the first time, there's a ninety percent chance, like <laughs> uh, uh, just on autopilot. Locked I just look at the in. car, I look at the car, and go, "Car, we're going to brewery X." Car just kind of drives itself. It just goes. <laughs> it just goes. <laughs> like, like one of those. It's like one of those. I didn't know Hyundai was making those kind of yes, cars. Yes, they are. It's a self-driving car that just knows how to get to brewery once I've been there the first That's time. Amazing. Only John Bitterman. Uh, talk. We we touched a little bit about uh, your exhibit over at in, in Joliet at the museum. Like, what what would people see there? I mean. I know you said it's like the majority of your collection, but like, what else? What's in your collection? Like, what? Do you have prized pieces? Or are you like that is the one? If somebody something happened to that one, I'd be pissed. There's a lot of pieces uh, I have. If uh, something were to happen to them, I'd be pissed. I've always said if there's a fire at the house, the firemen are going to be having to drag me out. I'll be yelling at them, "Don't put the fire out! Save the collection! Save the collection! Don't put the fire Don't out! Don't worry about me, goddammit. <laughs> Get that tin sign off the wall. Get that calendar off the wall. <laughs> Let the house burn to the ground. Save that stuff." Because a lot of what I have is uh, there's only one or two known in existence today, uh, so th- there is no one particular prized piece. Uh, because you sure I ha- you don't have favorite. I you don't have there one are piece that you're like, oh yeah. Uh, no, there's there's not really one. There's okay. probably a dozen-ish that I I look at them and I go, I love that. I love that. I could never get rid of that. If I was living in a cardboard box, I'd be using this as a as a roof on my box or something like that. Uh, and uh, Two of them happen to be at the museum. There is a factory scene tin sign from the E. Porter Brewing Company in Joliet. Uh, I know of five in existence. 
Uh, one is owned by the Porter family. Uh, one recently surfaced and was sold for around $8,000. Whoa. Uh, mine is probably the third or fourth worst of the five I know. Uh, but it had a really interesting story. Uh, if you go to the museum, you'll be able to read it really quickly. Uh, when the Porter Brewery uh, reopened after Prohibition, it closed relatively fast. They were underfunded. Half of their plan had been torn down and destroyed when they put in the uh, sanitarian ship canal through downtown Joliet. Uh, and the, prior to that, during Prohibition, they were the second brewery in the country to have their equipment physically destroyed by the federal government for violating Prohibition. federal government showed up with torches and axes and chopped all the equipment all to hell. So they were underfunded when they reopened because they had to spend a whole ton of money to get the brewery going. Half of the brewery plant had been destroyed uh, for the sanitary and ship canals. So they didn't operate very long. Uh, I think they were four years after Prohibition. Uh, and then the building sat vacant and empty. It was eventually, according to even to the Herald News, it was, it was overrun by vagrants, vandals, uh, and, and and stuff like that. Sounds like Joliet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there was a series of fires that occurred in the brewery uh, starting probably 1940 all the way up through the time it was torn down in 1961. Uh, in one of those fires, uh, afterwards, uh, they were clearing out some areas, and the firemen found this tin sign nailed to a wall covering a hole with the design of the sign facing the wall. So... It was basically just used to cover a hole in the wall, but the side that was facing out was, was just turned around. was the back yeah. side of the sign. And uh, when they took it off, uh, he, he took it home and framed it up, and he died. And his widow contacted the museum. She didn't want to donate it. She wanted it, you know, she wanted to get something out of it, which is understandable. And so, as has often happened, the museum got in contact with me, as they have in the past, and said lady contacted us. You're she like, has a I tin a sign. And, I know a guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's a just guy. crazy <laughs> enough to want this. Uh, and uh, I worked out a deal with her, and uh, I got it. Uh, and like I said, it's one of my favorites uh, because it shows the factory circa 1892 after a second fermentation house had been built. Uh, and it's one of only five known. Uh, also, uh, in another case, is a porcelain corner sign. Uh, from Juliet Citizens. What Elk is a porcelain Brandon. corner sign for uh, those on, who may not be? On the outside of taverns. It's uh, like your normal uh, hanger, like you'd see like an old style on it, tap it would, no, type it, sign? No, it would, it, would, it, would, it would hang on the corner of the bar at the entrance or on the corner of the building itself. Yeah. Uh, it was a curved sign made of porcelain that advertised a beer or a brand or a brewery. Uh, porcelain. And it was made of porcelain. It was outside, you know, so yeah. it had to be slightly, you know, before plastic and everything else. Uh, so it had to be more sustainable. Uh, and uh, I have a, one from Joliet Citizens Brewing Company, which is That's the cool. only one of that one known, yeah. which is one of my favorites. But uh, the thing about those is they didn't tend to survive because a lot of them were crushed and destroyed. One, when Prohibition came along. And two, the ones that weren't were turned in for metal during metal drives for World War II. So that, again, is part of the entire history of the way the industry worked and operated, that even though a lot of things did survive or didn't survive, you have to know that the reason some things didn't survive is because, like I said, in the case of, this, of, of a lot of the metal and tin signs from the early part of the century, they were turned in for metal drives for support of World War II. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, like, how, how, uh, how are you finding this information? Like, you're saying this information as if you were like, like you were there in 19, <laughs> you know, 30 yes, something. You know. I'm secretly a you're time traveler. I'm you're secretly a time old. traveler. Don't tell anybody. I, I have, I, I have, I have a TARDIS in the basement. Secret safe with me, my <laughs> friend. Um, 
it's 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 really a long time of doing history uh, research. Um, and what goes into your research? I'm I, I'm a history buff in general. Uh, I've always been a bit of a history buff, and it was really cool that when uh, that my love for history and my love for beer and breweries all you know combined into one big uh, mess, as we'll call it. Uh, I, I have probably like, like a hot beer. Uh, like yes, it's a big hot mess. Like a hot beer. Oh, <laughs> it's, I can see you cringing as I make a hot beer yeah. while we're doing this. No, nope, no. Nope. Uh, I've probably read eighty percent of the newspaper published in Joliet in the library. I used to sit down there and just scroll through microfilm for a long time. Uh, awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've got a problem. I'm a bit of a geek. Uh, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's just general knowledge of history uh, that that helps too. I mean, everybody knows that there was a war. Everybody knows there were metal drives. It, it was. The, you know, I'm going to challenge you on that. I don't think a lot of people know there were metal drives. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people do, maybe, but okay, maybe not as many I think as you're I hope. Severely overestimating <laughs> the, the population's mm-hmm. knowledge of history and my demographic. <laughs> but yeah, like like you said, though it's 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 there. But but I mean. Obtaining the information is another thing because, sure, we have the internet. That's fun. You know, we can we can Google and a lot all, of things, it's, and it's absolutely one hundred percent accurate at all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can get a ton of shit. I mean, and, and you know what? For the most part, it does have some good stuff that you can get from it that's fairly accurate. But, but you're talking about another level stuff that people just probably don't remember or have never gone through. Microfilm, like literally yes, going yes. into no, a library no. and <laughs> looking at like basically through a microscope. At newspapers, at newspapers, right? Yes, yes, yeah. No, okay, it, so why? What what drives that? Like, love of history. Uh, it, it, it has to be. You have you have to love history in order to spend hours and hours scrolling through things, looking at at at, at for the information you're looking for. Uh, and part of that love of history it really started in high school. Everybody often, how did you get, you know, in the history part of it? It uh, it really started in high school for me. I uh, I was in the first AP history class at Joliet West, and I had an excellent excellent teacher, and we were doing a uh, a, a, a series of sections. In AP history, it's not spitting out facts and things of that nature. Uh, for anybody out there who's done that, it's it's more of an overarching history lesson that involves economics politics, social, religious, and how those impact history and causes ebbs and flows in history. And it really opened my eyes. It's not just the facts. It's not it's like, not facts, this no. is what happened, it happened yeah, at this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, then, yeah, spit yeah. it back and write it on the paper. No, it, 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 it like involved an, an, an analysis of how... It's like a reality show host ended up becoming president. So yes. that... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that spun people a little <laughs> out of control. <laughs> So I, I became enamored in, in history, but we finished one section on, uh, on Joliet history and we, in a break, and then started on World War I and Prohibition. And I was, at the time, a can collector. Most everybody started as a can collector in the 70s. But I had been given a mug from Joliet by a, a very good friend of mine, and I'm like, there were breweries in Joliet? You know, at the time, you know, I'm all of 18 years old, and you don't think that your town had breweries. You don't. The breweries are Budweiser, Schlitz, Miller, Coors, Strohs, Pabst, Old, you know, Heilman, and that's it. You don't think that every town had a brewery. And I'm like, there were breweries in Joliet? And when we hit this section, it all kind of came together at once in my mind. I was like, there's breweries in Joliet? i got to find out about these breweries in Joliet. And then the history... At what age was this? 
I was at about, about 17, 18. About 17, 18. Yeah, when, so. I, when I first well, learned. that's illegal, but I don't know. <laughs> I worked at a Just liquor kidding. store when I was in high school. I did, too. I was 16 years old at Glenwood Food Mart, man. I was <laughs> no way. I was at Consumers. Yeah, yeah Consumers. Yeah, I was yeah, at Consumers yeah, yeah. on Glenwood. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, and, uh, I don't know if you had it as easy as I did, but I Which one were you at? The one on Glenwood? I was, or the a, one? I, I was the one at Glenwood. I was the one in the Shorewood. One, and was, I was one of the six corners. There was the one in, on Jefferson, too. That's and, uh, still, yes, still Jefferson, too. I was. I bounced around between all four of them for a while. But I know if you had it quite as lucky as I did, and circles back around on part of the story, is that uh, when I was working there and I'd go to parties in high school, I'd cashier, and I won't say her name, and, uh, she's probably dead by now for all I know, but I'd look at her and I, I go, Rest in peace. Can I, uh, can I have a six-pack when I go tonight? I'm going to a party. She mm-hmm. goes, oh, yeah, hell, yeah, take whatever you want. Well, back in the cooler, and you probably couldn't do it because times have changed, but they would let us drink back there. I'd, I'd open an old style one night. I'd open a Stroh's the next night. And I worked my way to the point where I realized that I was enjoying Signature, Stroh's super premium brand at the time, and Lowenbrow. Super premium. Like and Lowenbrow and Augsburger and Berghoff. And so I was taking these beers to these parties in high school. And these kids were like, what the hell is that crap? Oh, you got to try this. Oh, my the God. Weird that's guys the worst. here again. <laughs> the weird guys here again. Weird guys, weird, here with, weird, weird guys here with these weird beers. So at an early age, I, uh, I was very much a fan of beers outside of the norm, but not old style, not Budweiser, not milk. I mean, I can drink those. God knows uh, if I'm in a bar, I'd love to crush High Life's all night long. But I, at an early age, was attracted to the fact that there was more tastes in beer than what you got from some of those beers. And it was not a short journey for me when I went there and went to college and then came back home and the revolution started for me to go, well, I got to try that. I got to try that because it certainly isn't Budweiser. It certainly isn't old style. It's I got to try that. And it, it just all kind of rolled up into one big ball all at one time. The love of history uh, the emergency of the uh, the beer, uh, craft beer craze, and uh, the knowledge that there were breweries in towns other than St. Louis and Detroit and Milwaukee, and in literally every town. And I every started. Every town yeah. is true now. Yes, it's true yeah, now. Yeah, yes, this is true now as it was then. Uh, so I started doing research on the breweries in Joliet. I like, well, I can't collect everything. Well, and I try for the most part, most you of the can. time. You can do it. But uh, I'm starting to run out of room, and cans were not quite as interesting because very few new cans were coming out because it was the same breweries just making commemorative cans. I'm like, well, I'm going to save some old stuff. I want some old stuff from Joliet. And it blew up from Joliet, collecting the rest of the state, to I love craft beer. I'm going to save their stuff, too. So what... Uh do you have numbers? Like, what, what's your, like, can collection? Do you know, like, a, an approximate ballpark of... And when, like, does a can have to meet a certain specification for you to keep it? No, no, no. Um, my can collection is probably around 8,000. That's it, huh? No, it's just eight. <laughs> so what, what, uh, manch- what, what uh, U-Haul, what uh, uh, machine shed are you living in that no, you have? No, 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 no. It's, 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 uh, there's about 5,000 on the walls in the basement. The other 3,000 are pretty much just packed and can cases sit in a corner i've seen the pictures of uh, you've put up of like here's like an an, a tenth of my collection and it's astounding Uh, it's out of control i can't i can't keep it under control i need to hire i need to hire staff to maintain it and keep it documented like i said you know last year just uh, last year just for example i got 435 new glasses from craft breweries in the state of illinois alone that was more than one new glass a day 
Never mind the coasters. If my math is correct, you are correct. <laughs> Never mind the, the coasters and the business cards and the cans and the hollers and the growlers and the crawlers and the tin signs and any other little oddball thing that they've produced. It ends up in my lap somehow because I chase after it and they, they give it to me. They bring it to me. I buy it. But it, it, it's, it's out of control. Do you uh, do you often like get the when you like let's say glass glass side of things when you're going with a howler or a, a growler? Do you often have them filled? I mean, you know, like I've seen you do the cans where you just put the air in it with the crowler. I don't drink at home, and I don't drink alone. Just strictly. I'm a, I'm a social I'm a social drinker. Yes, no, I'm like very it. much a social drinker. So for me to get, I wish I could say I do the same. It's I might have. Ten beers. Does my eight. wife count as social drinking? Uh, yes, I, she's yeah, there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's See, there that's too. That you're okay there. She joins me. She you're, joins yes, me. No, you're okay. okay there. Yeah, I might have ten beers at home alone over the course of a year. Whoa! See, that I, that would be the one thing on this podcast I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything else you're not shocking me with. That's the thing that's shocking yeah, me. No, right yeah, no, yeah. I may end up having t- ten beers at home alone over the okay, course of uh, a year. Okay, but when we got here, you, you're you're grabbing a four pack of uh, Romeo Romeo pills. So what are you doing with that? Well, uh, the fact of the matter is is that I will have one of those cans myself at home alone. The other three cans uh, are going to end up at a trade show where I will trade that full can for another can, and I will be able to try that. What beer. do you got? Like, what do you got? Like, what, talk about these trade shows. I mean, I, I don't know much about these. I've never been to one. I don't know where they happen, why they happen, how many people. Like, like what, describe a day at one of these trade shows. Uh, people show up at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning, unload their car of... Where do these stuff? Happen? Uh, there is one this coming Sunday, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, over uh, at Belmont, uh, the athletic, uh, no, uh, up, up off of uh, Cass Street by Pilcher Park at the top uh, where the Knights of Columbus Belmont AC area is. Uh, it's a picnic as well. There'll be probably 35, 45 people there uh, setting up cans and signs and all sorts of anything that's advertised beer on tables and they trade among themselves they buy and they sell among themselves the public will show up and walk around and and pick up some stuff and it's all brewery collectibles i mean you're talking about bringing beer like you're gonna dump these cans out or you no 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 i i'll trade the full cans for other full cans from somebody from uh indiana maybe or somebody from Indianapolis who came up here, and yeah, they, they, I, got s- I got some Sun King or like a local little yes, Indiana yes, spot yes, like that you yes. don't know about. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'll trade out, you know, a full pan of a full can of Romeo Pills or a full can of the last Hot Butcher Run or something like that for something else. And then you know that I'll take that home. I won't get dumped out. I may drink a quarter of it. I may drink a half of it. It may sit in the fridge for two months before somebody comes over and you has it with me. You need an assistant. You need an assistant to drink those I need a drinking to make ass- I need a sure. Drinking assistant. Yes. I need a drinking See, assistant. See, John, we gotta, we're going to figure this out. I need we're a drinking assistant, and I need a, I need a collection curator. Mm-hmm. I mean, how sad does it make you to see hot sauce and Lowry seasoning salt all over the top of my Pilsner it doesn't, right now. It doesn't make me sad it like because it, you're, you're drinking craft beer, which I'm, I'm good with. Well, like you're a collector, right? Okay, you, lo- you love your collection. It doesn't belong that way. You lo- right. Like you love your <laughs> coll- collecting the glasses. You love collecting the cans, the, the memorabilia, but it's not just that. I mean, you also enjoy the, the, liqui- the oh liquid God, inside these collectibles. Oh God, so, yeah, yes. so for me, you know, just, just talk a little bit about like your kind of philosophy and beliefs like uh, of, of of beer and what it should be. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, unbox it, man. If you got to um, unbox it a minute at a time, that's fine. Uh, I'm glad anytime anybody is drinking craft beer, 
uh, I but I also have no problem with somebody uh, at a bar uh, having a few highlights, PBRs, PBRs, and PBRs or something like that. Um, it, it, I I think, and I, this is no offense to any particular brewer out there, so nobody take it the wrong way. I think a lot of them are chasing the next fad. When you say a lot, and I don't when mean you say fad, a lot. I don't mean fad in the bad way. I mean it's it's an arching trend. Uh, you know, uh, when 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 craft beers first came along, a lot of the brewers were making pilsners per se. And and then you saw a flood of of milder style bitters, English ales. And and then you saw a, a large flood of IPAs and really hoppy beers. And now you're seeing uh, a large flooding trend of the juicy New England IPAs and uh, and, and pastry stouts. Uh, are Pilsners going to roll back around again? They may, they may not. Are, is everybody going to suddenly want to be malty and start drinking every tons and tons of red beers? Maybe, maybe not. It's, it, it, it's, it's the, the choices are huge in, in, your, in, in what you can do with a beer or the way you can make a beer or what you can, how you can change or adulterate a beer. And as long as people are drinking it, it's not a problem. But if you're resting your laurels solely on a particular style, you may have a problem if the crowd drifts away from that. And the point being that <coughs> uh, you <coughs> work at Jewel. Uh, back in November, having a discussion with a couple of my part-timers about what they had going on this weekend, they uh, were going to a party. How do you get your beer? What, what are you taking? You know, just how have times changed since I was younger? Uh, one was taking a six-pack of Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa. No, the other was taking a six-pack of Sam Adams Lager. And I'm standing there going, I'm talking to a 16- and a 17-year-old who are going to stand outside of a liquor store someplace and convince somebody not to buy them. Try to fish for beer. Not to, not to, not to buy Old Style or, or Bud, or Bud Light. 30 rack of, or 30 of or Bush Mad Dog. Or, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 they're asking these. They're, 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 so they're coming in at that level. Where will they go? What's and the it, transition? Yeah, what's the, what's the, the evolution? For a drinker. And everybody is different in their evolution of drinking. But if you latch on to just one sector of that evolution, you could find yourself in trouble if that evolution starts to, to tinker out or peter out or the tastes change or switch or move. Pellets are moving all over the place right now. They but are. I mean, they're, they're, they've, mm-hmm. they've got a sticking point right now on, on the pastry stout and the, the hazy New England double dry hop, juicy, tropical And that's, IPA, that, that's this generation. What's the generation behind this one? Right. Where are their palates going to Where's the Sierra lie? Nevada guy? Where's the 17-year-old Sierra Nevada kid? <laughs> Where's he going to be when he's 24 he or 25 or he's 26? Mm-hmm. Where is his palate going to lie? Hot beers. All hot, hot beers. beers. All hot beers. I that's ask it. anyone. That's hot it. beers. Buying, gonna buy some stock. These brewers it. are killing me, man. <laughs> I would say that's something I would never think to do. And then I follow everybody on social media, and I see Brandon at Workforce and Brandon at uh, Hailstorm, and I see you Steve know, Miller over there Alex, doing it too, right, and Alex, Steve and Alex it. over yes. at Brickstone. <laughs> uh, They're dumping Valentine hot sauce on the back with a little seasoned salt or the the tahin 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 seasoning yeah, on yeah. there. It's like uh, no, I I. Uh, I, I tried it. Uh, it's not my not my wheelhouse. I like my pilsners just crisp, 
clean the way they were meant to be. So good, though. Because I am a traditionalist. Uh, my ho- even in my hopping, uh, I to this day, I've never become a fan of that juicy, dank hop. I am a noble European hop fan. And I, that's because that's what I came in on. And that's what I'm saying about this generation. I came into the craft beer market when a lot of the beers, Sam Adams, Christian Moorline, any of your beers coming out of Europe were nobly hopped. What's your favorite IPA right now? Like, If you had no. to drink one, I know you don't like IPAs, but like, if you had to drink one, what would be the one you drink? Uh, no, I, I, I couldn't. No? I, 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 I don't mean I couldn't drink one. I mean, I couldn't pick one. Do you have like a like I, I I will off I, like I, a few I, that you can rattle off like yeah I I can deal with this one this one this one like uh, no no because I'll come in and I'll 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 point blank ask the bartender your IPA what's it been dry hopped with what hops did you use in what the boil what if they say we didn't do a dry hop okay what hops did you use in the boil okay we use Centennial okay I'm good now you're you're like give me the IPA at yeah, that point yeah okay. yeah yeah we use Columbus I'm okay we use Citra goodbye. <laughs> Give me the pilsner. <laughs> I'll have uh, the pilsner. But, but again, that's part of that is is uh, is my knowledge of of uh, of hops. I I consider and tell you anything with more than forty percent myrcene becomes very dank and burns my sinuses. I don't want lychee fruit. I don't want papaya. I don't want <laughs> you mango. Don't like I I want floral, piney hops. But I came in at that level. I I can appreciate the rest. I can try the rest. And appreciate them for what they are. I can look at your menu and say, yeah, you said this was beer X with top A and hot B. It didn't quite come out that way. I'm a little disappointed in that. But I had a taster. Now I'm going to go back over here and get what I'm... Tr- now, will you, do you tell them that usually? Like, will you have that conversation with the guy serving you the beer? Or, like, if you if maybe, let's say the brewer comes out to say hi to you or something? Like I have in the past told brewers that I thought the, the particular beer did not meet what, they, what, what, they des- what their description was. Their description was slightly off. They ever, like, we don't write the menu. No, nah, <laughs> you'd be surprised. A lot of them do write the menu. Uh, I, but I've never looked. I, I've, I have told. I have years ago, and I won't say which particular brewery, but I had a beer there, and I, I turned to the brewer. I go, "This beer is soured," and he goes, "What?" And he tried it, and he goes, "Oh my God, you're right." And he pulled the keg. He had not because they're busy. They're busy people. They can't. You know, you've you've got 14 beers on tap, and you know it's a Friday night, and you've got several hundred people around, and you're still trying to close things out to go home for the weekend. Did you stop and try every beer you have on tap? They don't. They often, and they can't. I mean, they're, they're, they're busy people. And the brewer goes, oh, my God, you're right. That keg has soured. I don't know if it's that keg or not. And pulled the keg off. This is something that I, I think a lot of people don't get the chance to see behind the curtain on is, is that it's not, an, uh, it's not a big glamorous thing for especially like the place we're sitting at Metal Monkey. Like Jason and Dan are still here right now at 540 on a little Monday here. Yeah, yeah. One of the few breweries around that's open on a Monday and they're doing a double turn on their new system and they're pumping stuff out and they're sweating. It's it's hot. No, where they're, <laughs> they're, they're, they work really hard and they don't uh, and it's small. They don't have finances and, and time and space to, to like hire extra people to like, hey, double check, make sure those kegs are not sour. You know, no, make no, sure no. what's coming out. I mean, the QC is something that, the quality control isn't something that everybody has the luxury of doing. There sure. was uh, just this week on Chicago, uh, just yesterday on Chicago area microbreweries on the Facebook page, somebody yeah. said, some, there, a, a large discussion developed. Somebody says, is it okay to speak badly about a brewery? And a lot of responses came and went, and I, everybody should go check it out. Uh, my response was, there is nothing wrong with criticizing a brewery if it's constructive. You don't put up on a brewery's page, your beer sucks. Mm-hmm. 
because that doesn't help them at all. It doesn't tell them. Right. Their New England was shit. Yeah, Never no, going back no, there no, again. That, like, that, that's that, not a. That's not. That, a, no, that does yeah. them no good. I says there's nothing wrong with being critical if you can back it up and if you are constructive in your criticism and you need to point out good points. Uh, in, in the case of this particular, he, he he wasn't appreciative of the service. It wasn't the beer that was bad. He was not appreciative of the service. Criticism would be, I really enjoyed your beer. Your service was lacking. I didn't feel comfortable in the atmosphere. In the atmosphere. Like, whatever I it didn't, is. I so. didn't feel that I, I didn't feel I, I was one of only four people in your brewery at the time. Didn't get the attention. I didn't. You yeah, think, I would have thought you know. I would have gotten more attention being one of only four people. If there was a hundred people in here, I could understand. That doesn't equal attention. your beer sucks. No, like, it does, doesn't no, equal, no, you know, no. the thing that you put your life into and your work and your time and your hard, you know, sweat no. and tears and, like that. And they can't make it any better and improve it if you're not truthful and honest and constructive with them. And like I said, I... I've there been a couple of reviews. I'm going. Yeah, you know what? You just you just didn't hit this one. The last batch of this was way better than this particular batch. You you, you missed a number someplace on this. And, and 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 sometimes they know it. Sometimes they'll go. Yeah, yeah. It didn't quite hit the numbers we wanted, but it was. It's it's still nothing wrong with it as a beer. It's still a perfectly good, well-made yeah. beer. And that's what's great about it is, from batch to batch, there's always going to be. Little variations. Little variations. I love that. That's one of my favorite like parts that, about the industry. Yes, that is, that is, that's one of my favorite parts. Gives too. you one of those cool talking points when you you say, well, the first batch of this was better than the second. Yeah. But, I mean, it's true. And for the, I think for the most part, oh, the other guys I've talked to, they are comfortable with it. I mean, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a limit that they want to take. I mean, it's never fun to hear where you screwed up. I mean, no matter no, what line no. of work you're in. No. Uh, so, so yeah, to take that for what it's worth. But, but you know, these guys really do. Like, they work we, hard. We are their quality control. I mean, I, we as the I, consumer are part of the quality control team at every local brewery when it comes to a smaller they place. They work like hard this. at what they do. As you, like you said, it's 6 o'clock. They're both still here. It's hot yeah, as hell. They'll be here long after oh, yeah, we're done. Yeah, it's we're it's done hot as hell yeah. over there. They're, they're, they're easily going to have 14-hour days by mm-hmm. the time they walk out of here. Easily a fourteen-hour day, and I don't think a lot of people realize that. That that I mean, it it, it it's a long day. Yep. Dan and Jason are on the brew deck. Brandy's sitting there taking care of everything else that has to be done with the business. I mean, yep. they're, they're just one example of three three people. How many? You know, uh, uh, maybe from, yeah. Mm-hmm. You no, know, and they uh, got a great staff serving the beers and all that. That's fine, but you know, that this all this stuff, making this beer and making it right and getting it out to people. But uh, you know that's that's the internet too. The internet's tough. The internet's a tough place. Yeah, don't ignore ignore everything the, you. The yeah. social media, no, the no, Facebook. No. I mean, it's all it's all fine. It all has its place. It all has a you know. And unfortunately, there are there are people out there who say and criticize beers that don't know. They don't know a double IPA from a regular IPA. They don't know a Simcoe from a from a Citra. And when these people start criticizing, I want to look at them and go. At least learn what you're talking about. There's m- so much information out there. The Brewers Association has published so many excellent books on malt and hop and water and, and yeast. It, it, they're not uncomprehendable to the average person. Learn, read, understand. Don't just go in and just just give me the hoppiest beer you got. Or, and I've, I've, I've poured at festivals where I've had somebody come in and they, sl- they slam their glass down. Give me the highest alcohol beer you got. There's a, there's a lot of those people. That's fine. We bring them in, we'll bring them into the fold. They got to start somewhere. They got to start somewhere. Are you here to get wasted, or are you here to actually? Yes, John, I'm here to get wasted. Try, That's why I drink you, beer. Are you Are you here to actually try the beer, experience the beer, love the beer, and understand I'm what tr- what it what it is? I'm trying not to be judgmental on that. <laughs> it's like I have people that I know that are that guy. That's like, what's the highest one you get? You know, it's 
not for me, but I get it. But if it brings them into the fold and they do it respectfully and they enjoy it, and then maybe that will drive them to be like, they start to actually kind of consider like what goes into this. Then, then we're good. We're good. Yes. Oh, but yeah, if you're absolutely. perpetually for, you know, not, not advancing and you're just continually <laughs> like, I just need to get fucked up right now. Like that's, that's all I'm here for. Uh, like that, just take the bottle of whiskey then, and go away. Yeah. Then keep it. <laughs> then, then keep it. Go. Yeah. Go. We'll get you a four pack of dragon's milk and you can you just can go just over in the corner down. and do yeah. your thing. <laughs> it, 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 it's like I said, it, it's it's, it's a, a wacky world, John. It's a wacky like. I mean, for you, I mean, you, you know, I'm an infant compared to compared to you and and being in the world. You know, I'm a, I went through college like everyone else and and drank Keystone and you know somebody finally 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 handed me a you know a, a new Glarus beer and then you know then slowly <coughs> along Anitas and then slowly into Three Floyds and then you know then I was I, like okay I get this now I, I get uh, it now I I used to to, to pregame. In college, with Signature and Low and Brow and Augsburger and Christian Moorline, and then you know you have six of those. You drink a six pack of that. I'm perfectly good going out to a fraternity party and drinking Stroh's all night because I'm all right now. I've had my six good beers. I got a little bit of a buzz going. Just yeah. give me anything now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm you're, on the path of getting drunk. You're a monster, man. <laughs> I, I, I drink like three Miller Lights at that time, and I would be like, all right, I'm starting to feel it a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and the, the local thing, I mean, that's important to you, right? I mean, this is Absolutely. kind of like Absolutely. our our area. I mean, not 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 to mention you have a goddamn exhibit at Joliet's Historical Museum, but but I mean, let's talk about them. We've got we went from nothing to migraine elder and then will county can kind of be lumped into that too. oh yeah I mean. absolutely yeah yeah like i said jo- uh joliet was literally the most populated city in the nation that didn't have a brewery operating in its borders and then in a period of three maybe four weeks i'd have to look to think about it hard we went from zero to two and it was crazy yeah yeah and and like i said then the stones throw away in shorewood you have will county and uh next up over there is mad hatchet God, I love them. I just talked to Mike today. Uh, Mike, Mike ordered a shirt. He ordered a Average Joe's Above Your Beer Podcast shirt. And I'm like, hey, I need to get you your shirts. And then I saw they posted something about doing demo in their new their new spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm doing hoping demo I'm like, I want to throw a sledgehammer at the wall. <laughs> I saw Fosno throwing the, yeah. throwing the sledgehammer yeah. through the wall. Uh, and uh, He's one of those people that I'm, I root for. And I've had a couple of his beers. I, and I'm like, damn, you're going to make it, dude. Like. Uh, I forget how I stumbled on them, and I've I, this is I've done this many times to to, to many different breweries. I, I stumbled on them either uh, Facebook or it could have been through the Joliet Brewers Guild or something along those lines. And I went, I liked the page, and then I saw, oh look, they got a glass. Well, damn it, how am I going to solid get, glass? How too. am I going to get Good this glass. glass? I like their logo a lot. How am I going to get this glass? So what's the first thing I do is I message them on Facebook. I see you have glasses for sale. Could I possibly buy a glass? Come by. Ship it to me. Pick it up. Here's some money. Just hold it till I see you. And uh, you know they they responded. Yeah, sure. Come on by the house. We got beer on tap. So I went over to the house, picked up my glass, picked up a set of coasters, <laughs> gave me a sticker, and I tried the beer. And I'm like, sweet. And then you know yeah. then that's how I got to know them. Uh, and uh, how long com- ago was this? A yearish. Yeah. Because I mean, uh, it, uh, the first time I heard about them was through my friend Steve Croby. He he uh, is, went to school with Mike years ago at Julia Catholic, I think, yep. maybe. And uh, he you know, he said he said that uh, you know, my friend does this festival every year. And it's the Mad Hatchet Festival and it's like it's in, in their neighborhood. neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. They shut down the court they're they in the, and the street. They get, they yeah. get tents and it's free. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you do, yeah. if you're invited, yeah. you get a pig roast, you get yeah. free beer. You, I mean it's just it's it, there's nothing better. I mean like what what more could you do? And then when uh when Will County opened initially, uh 
I was at you know I was at Will County. I hung out there all day, and then and Steve Steve's there with me, and he's like, "Hey, this is my friend Mike. I've been telling you about for Mad Hatchet Brewing." So I'm talking to Mike, and Mike and I had talked through Facebook, I think, initially too, and then and then Mike's like, "Hey, come to my house. Come to my house after this, you know." So we left there mid afternoon. He's got his new New England on tap, a couple other things. He's showing me like the the way he's doing his grain. He's got like a drill thing. I know. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm looking at that. I'm looking at that system in that house. Yeah. And I'm going. I'm going. He put it in. He put in a separate electrical. Yeah, for, and his, for that. Well, wolf. he's an electrician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and his I, wife I, Jamie, like, is, is amazing. She's super uh, supportive. She bought one of the shirts too. I mean, yeah, and she's I, super supportive. First, first time I was there, I looked at that. I took pictures of that and I sent it to some of my home brewing friends. I go, "You yeah. people need to step up your game. Step look up at, your game. Look right. at this man's garage. I mean, he's, he's not got quite a, he's Joel, got a, Joel Rakowski, but you know, no, he's, no. He's, not, he's not on that level. No, but he's, no. You know, he's got an electrical panel for the operation of everything. Yeah. And but Sean, Sean helps him out. I know Fosno is going to be helping yep. him out here soon at uh, uh, but the, the new they're, facility. But they're not the only brewery that I've contacted. There's an, another one. I wish I could remember the name right now that's coming up north of here a little bit. I sent them a message on Facebook. I go, I just stumbled on you guys. They had like, like I think they had like 78 likes. I was like, like number 79. And that's nice. what always cracks me up. And I'm like 79. And, and the funny thing is after I like it, like another like eight or ten friends like it in a matter of like two days. I'm like, well, it's because people are paying attention to what I'm clicking on Facebook. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I messaged them. I go, I, I see you got a glass picture there. Is that glass available? Uh, yeah, sure. Five bucks. Send us a check. Tell, give us your address. And well, guess what? Here's your check. Here's oh oh. Well, you have a Kickstarter going? Here, I'll give you 25, yeah, 30 bucks on your Kickstarter too. Why the hell not? Because open the doors. Open the doors. Yep. I, yeah, I'm so. Uh, uh, but I've done that to a couple breweries that never made it. And I, I'm sitting looking at a glass, going, okay. There are not a lot of those left around anymore no, because it's a collector's I, item now. That's a I hopped on that right away. But again, I have that story to go with it. Uh, you know, this brewery had an anticipation date of opening here. They were going to open there. It didn't. It, it didn't. It didn't happen. It fell apart, and they never opened. But look, I've got a glass now. Are you already it's looking in? Have you talked to Wolfton? Oh yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've, 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 yeah. I've known those. I've known Katie and Christoph for a while. I figured Katie's been well, at Noon Whistle for a while. Yeah, and yeah. Like yeah. I said, I, I. I forget how I first stumbled up on them, yeah. but then I saw Katie post a picture, and Katie's brought me a couple of glasses at Wolfden, uh, a Wolfden glasses. She's brought them over yeah. to Noon Whistle, and uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to their opening. It's, me too. Uh, I know they just moved it. They moved it a little bit, yeah, but that's yeah, good. Though. I, that's, hey, it's it's hey. a really smart decision on their part to... Well, I've said that many times. Uh, you be ready. Be ready. Show be ready. me your best right off the bat. I mean, not, not, not that I'm going to stop going there if it's not your best right off the bat, but, but the... The fringe people in the general public may stop going, you know, right? I, don't, if you I don't think everybody gives a give a place a chance two or three times. I think yeah. a lot of people, and I I respect a brewer anytime I see them mention that they dumped a batch online, and you see that my you do favorite. see it's my I, favorite time, people, John. Yeah, anytime my I see a brewer, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like I'm like that's a that's a loss. I mean that is just gone. And when you're working with the margins they've got and the low f capital that they've got, for them to decide that they're going to dump a uh, an 8, 10, 12, 15 barrel batch because it didn't meet their... I, I look at you and I go, that's props to you people because you're uh, you're doing it right because you don't want to put out an inferior product. It pays to, It pays to uh, as consumers as well, I mean, along with, with that point with the, with the brewers themselves, but uh, like it, the first time I went to Elder, they had very few beers on tap. I was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm thinking this is in my backyard. I want to like this a lot. Uh, uh, yes. It's not that I didn't like it. It was just kind of like, I mean. It was meh. There's a lot There's a lot of stuff out here. I mean, where do I want to put my money? And then we did the podcast together recently, and they got Melissa and Andrew, and, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, they got eight beers on tap. The place has changed. They've 
just the, killed yes. that music room. Yes, this yes, awesome yes, place. Yes. That every, everything, they, and they like. They, thank God I didn't just like give up. Right off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, they they started off slow, and then it's like they kicked it into high gear. Like I have not seen in a long. He's time a guy that I root for. He's another one of yes, these guys yeah, that I, I really root for. I, mean, I root for it, anything it, in downtown Joliet. Yeah, well, that too. But I mean, <laughs> but still, like I really him and he personally, and then his wife. I mean, they're they're great. Like, they are. They're, they're they are great. They people. are very very great people. And mm-hmm. I and uh, I think they're going to crush it. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of the Joliet Brewers Guild for some reason. This lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, Joliet for the longest time was just a dead pocket. Yeah. Uh, it really, and it was, you had Tinley Park, which was killing it, as we discussed, and you had Plainfield just to the north where you've got Brandon and, uh, and Nevin sitting, uh, and, and then you would get up further up towards Fox Valley. But that stretch from, if I had from, from New Lenox over to Shorewood dead. was just dead. And you look at that stretch on 80, it's easy to get on and off of 80 any place along there well if you're not tied up in all those damn trucks coming from the warehouse yeah, don't worry about that don't worry about that <laughs> uh but it's a very populated area to be that dead and why it took so long i'll never understand but now that it started it's just boom 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 would i be wrong in saying that brandon wright if they needed one could be the mayor of this whole industry i feel like Everybody, <laughs> like as much He's as everybody guy. knows John Bitterman, like everybody, ha- everybody I've talked to on this show, it feels like has had a story of like, yeah, I ran out of yeast one. I didn't have, I didn't have wheat. I didn't have oats. I didn't have something that day. And he, I called Brandon. And he was like, yeah, I got it. I'll drop it off to you. He's got that. He's got that homebrew shop and that warehouse. That he's just storing tons of stuff. Yeah. That he's, yeah, he's 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 been the savior for a lot of brewers yeah. uh, when they've needed this or that ingredient or, or something along those lines. He's been a savior more times than I think any of us ever realized. That's part of the intrigue of this industry to me personally. Is like those kind of people, like it, the people like you who don't like. There's nothing in it for you. You don't get like a financial bat. You don't get anything. Like you're just John Bitterman and you love this shit and you do it because that's the thing that you love. Like. That's what I enjoy about this whole industry. Uh, like, it, 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 it is probably one of the few industries where competition is not competition. It's that mentality that the rising water is going to lift all the boats. The more people we can get drinking craft beer, the better off we are because there's more than... It operates and, as a whole instead of like se- separate entities. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you, you it feels know, good to be a part of you know, to be around it. Uh, and, 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 and again, that's part of the historical perspective that I'll, I'll draw back on is that uh, on a per capita basis, we are nowhere near what we had. You have to remember the we peaked out at 47, 42, 4,700 breweries, someplace in that range, in 1870. There weren't how many people in the United States in 1870 to support 4,200 breweries? It's per capita, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you run that out exponentially, and we are nowhere near what we could actually support. Granted, back then you didn't have Budweiser producing 45 million barrels and you didn't have, you know, cores and the rest of them. But they're losing market share at such a rate that we all know they're panicking and that's why they're purchasing craft breweries in every mm-hmm. corner of the country because they see the way it's going. But on a per capita basis, we still have a long ways to go. And realistically, if you're making good beer and you're well financed and you have a good business plan, if you fail, it's your own fault at this point in time in this industry because the industry supports everybody. It, 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 you know, if, if, you're, if you're having problems, if, if, you, if you're having problems with your system, any number of brewers will tell you, you know what, I do it this way. I try it this way. I'll stop by when I get off and we'll see what we can do to make it better for you or to make it work. 
you never see that in any other go 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 try check out the grocery industry or go check out supermarkets or or department stores or electronic stores there's no way the manager from apt is going to stop by best buy and help them work through a problem but any brewer is likely to stop by the next time you're having a problem and help you try to figure it out and fix it and that's what's the greatest thing about this industry that's why people want to support it and we we support it at a ridiculous like alarming the, the if you if you were to kind of like travel here from another planet and you've never <laughs> you've never experienced earth or humans and you walked in and you're like so they're paying that guy 35 bucks on the basis that maybe he'll have a successful brewery like on a kickstart like, yes yeah. like, we don't get i don't understand what you're doing like he's buying that vessel to put his beer in when he's got 2200 some odd more of those at home yeah why doesn't he just put it in the same glass like no because we love because <laughs> we love <laughs> we love it we, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't need another glass, and I none of my glasses ever get drank out of. I don't know if we talked about it like while we were rolling. What? How, how, what's your count up to on glasses? We talked about the beer cans, but uh, is this uh, craft glasses is probably right around twenty two hundred. Jesus, and that's just craft, and that's just Illinois craft. Because every every brewery I ever visit, I buy a glass at. So every brewery outside of the state. Uh, which, which, if which they have pro- glass, shout out to John Brand at Open Outcries. <laughs> Time to order some fucking glasses. Uh, um, Hickory uh, Creek does not have a glass, so I had to buy a well, growler. I had to buy brand a growler. new. Had to John's buy, been had open buy, for like a year. I had to buy a growler there. I've got, I think there's probably half a dozen breweries I've been to that didn't have a glass. Where half got, a dozen. Wow. Where I've got it. But like I said, every that is brewery, a small number in comparison to how many yeah, you've yeah. actually been to. Yeah, yeah. But every brewery I go to, I buy a glass as well. Because so, they all tell a story. They all tell a story, too. Uh, but uh, it, it, I don't. I don't need another glass. I don't drink out of any of them. I have an entire separate set of glasses that I'd use to drink. Okay, out of. what do I you don't drink use out of? Any of well, I, you don't drink at home, so what the no, hell? Is I, that no, no, no. I, I, like I said, uh, when I have people over, uh, you're welcome over anytime. I'm coming. I'm coming, John. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I will always pull out beer and share beer and drink beer with friends when they're over. But I have, uh, I have glasses at home that uh, you know I've got, I've got all the styles. But none of them have any logos on them. Something tells me you have a stark contrast to the people I'm used to dealing with when it comes to this. So if I let's say let's say uh, if, you know it's Monday right now, Friday, I, I come over to to John's house after after a long work work week. Both of us and we're like, hey, let's let's throw down, let's have some beers. I come over to your house. What are you pulling out of your fridge? Like you got yeah. whales in there? You got you got yeah. You oh like, yes, yeah. No, yeah, like yeah. What's what's sitting in John's fridge right now? That that would be like whoa. Like John's got that sitting um, in his fridge. I need to go over to John's house this week. I have a couple short field Bourbon County stouts from like a specific year or Two, or well, style uh, or I don't like know what a, they are because they're unlabeled because they were short fills. Ooh, why do you it's, have those? They were given to me by somebody by at Goose Island. Someone who's <laughs> this? Someone <laughs> at Goose Island. Um, two years ago. So it's from two years ago. Like adjunct ones or like the, I have like no the idea. base? Bur- oh, you just don't I know. Really, no, no, it's literally just a, just, it's literally the embossed Bourbon County Stout bottle from two years ago with no label on it that was a short fill. And I just put it in the fridge and I'm like, oh, I got to drink that one day. Uh, you know what? I'm going to save that till somebody comes over who's going to go, I'm looking and go, okay, which one is this one? <laughs> yeah, you tell me. <laughs> what are you getting out of this? Yeah, is yeah. this infected? <laughs> is this no, the infected it was the year one? after. It was the year after the infected issue. <laughs> this is uh, the 2015 ones, right? Those, yes. Those were the infected. Uh, but uh, no, uh, there's uh, there's all, uh, all sorts, because I like all beer styles for Do the most part. Do you get into sours a lot? Like wild, I enjoy spontaneous, sour. Yes, 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 sour? Yeah. I, 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 uh, every time I ever go up to a winer, 
I, I look at them, I go, oh, you people are doing some excellent sours. I yeah. mean, they are, they're, they're crooked stave in their quality of sours in my mind. And so is Jerry up at Unane. Oh, love Jerry. Jerry's been on the show. Jerry was great. Yeah, man. yeah. Like, I well, said. Jerry's got like nine hundred beers you can buy off his shelf. Like when you walk, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's like here's a base beer with strawberry or watermelon or pineapple or aronia berry. Because I don't know what the fucking aronia berry is, but I drank it and I go, this is a great a beer, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, wow. And that's the thing I must say about Chicago. I think that a lot of people don't understand it. It doesn't get the respect. Is that the Chicago area? has probably more available beer styles than any place else in the country, and they're all well-made. Uh, you know, we have West Coast IPAs. We have East Coast IPAs. We have some excellent stouts. We've got some lovely lager breweries, Metropolitan, Dovetail. Uh, try those, to f- those two really yeah, Church, head Street, and Church, Street, Church Street Hellas is an excellent oh, Yeah, Hellas. absolutely. Uh, you know, TJ's doing some great things over uh, there. You know, a, 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 a dovetail with their Craig. Try to find another Dude, brewery. That Craig was uh, with, awesome. With, with the a cool ship. Just, with, you know, how many other breweries in the country got cool ships where they're making Craigs and then they're they're going through what Dovetail went through? Did you listen to their episode yet? Yeah. Oh, God, to, to, give awesome. it, to give us that beer. Hagen. And his name's Hagen. So. You'd be hard-pressed. Uh, Chicago has... It all going on. It doesn't matter what style you want. You, I've not been out in California a long time, and I trust that somebody who has will respond appropriately enough. But how many New England style IPAs are you finding out in color, uh, out, out in California? It's probably all a bunch of West Coast stores, sort of stuff. I'd imagine. Yeah, with a smatter, with a smattering, with a smattering. You got monkish. You got modern times. With a smatter, like with, smat- with a smattering here or yeah. there. But you've you've got a solid four breweries in the area that are making excellent. New England style IPAs. You got a solid four breweries that are making excellent lagers. You got a solid three breweries that are no, and that's the thing about the Chicago market is is I think the diversity and the quality in the Chicago market surpasses probably almost every other major market. We're heavy hitters here. I mean, we're biased, but we're also we're pretty good. I am it's biased. I am it's biased. It's a pretty I good say, area. I must admit, yes, I am biased. But I, like I said, you know, I. I I've been to Denver. I've been to Cincinnati. I've I've been out in, in the Pittsburgh, Philadelphia area. I've I've been, I've I've been to a lot of towns, and I, I still come back and I go, no, Chicago is killing it. Yeah, absolutely killing it. I mean, I, I've never I've not been to those areas and tried them in tap rooms, but I mean, I've had the trilliums. I've had the the tree houses, and you know, I'm a fan of the style. I know I know you're not exactly a fan of that style, but have you had one that that, that you're like, okay, this is pretty good, man? Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, no. I've I've had a, I've had a couple. I'm like, yeah, this is all right. This is okay. Yeah. Um, one. Any maybe in particular that two, you no, care to name? I, I know you don't want to like uh you know leave anybody out or. It's it's more of that. Uh, what am I in the mood for? Okay, I'll have this, and it's just that one and done sort of thing. I can't. Like hail, hailstorm and noon whistle for me were the ones that kind of got me like, oh, this is a thing. This is like a little, this is a little caveat of a style here. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? No, it, the cloud series yeah. uh, is Stratus. Yeah, Stratus, you know, Cumulus, Nimbus, Nimbus uh, yeah. Cirrus. They've been they've been around for a couple, few years now, and then the gummy series hit for noon whistle, and then you know now it's kind of like everybody's got one. You know? Yeah, yeah. But again, you're looking at. Uh, how much of that are you seeing in other parts of the of the country, uh, is, as far as that goes? That uh, you get that mixture of styles that we see here. Uh, yeah, we really, yeah, we really do have a little bit of everything here, I mean, and on a high level. Yeah, for, it is. Uh, yes, yes, it is a high level. I mean, as demonstrated. I mean, we we just brought home a gold medal for Vienna Lager from the World Beer Cup. Yeah. 
had that the other day with Marty's and, Marty's spot over in, in and, uh, 59. And, 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 and just just a stone's throw away from there. What did Brand? I forget what. Uh, Subtilius, that that was like an old world. It was like a. It was an, yeah, it was know, they, they it was old world like experimental, ran it, wasn't it? Ran it yeah, through yeah. fucking you know uh, alfalfa or straw yeah, 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 of some yeah, yeah. sort. You know, yeah. Yeah. just a stone's throw away in the town of Plainfield. You've got another award-winning yeah. beer. I mean, find another town, Plainfield. I fourteen thousand people. I don't even know how many are in that damn town anymore. It grows, it's grown so much. Find another town that size that's got two World Beer Cup winning breweries in it. Yep. Uh, and that's, that's kind of nice. <laughs> and, 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 and that's the joy about the Chicago area is that at any given point in time, any one of these breweries, look what Brandon has taken home at Hailstorm in terms of medals, too. Yeah, you got Prairie Madness, WBC a few years uh, back, whatever. Rock out uh, with my Bach out. Yeah, rock out uh, with my Bach out. Yeah, There's uh, accolades to go around in this spot. In the, in the suburbs, we're, not, we're just talking about the suburbs, really, right now. I mean, the city. There's an entirely different stuff matter. going There's on there, too. There's an entirely different yep. matter in the yep. city, too, with some of the breweries. And, uh, it, it it's a, it, again. It's a, there's no better time right now, I think, to be a drinker in the Chicagoland area because we have so many breweries and they're all doing excellent, excellent beers. Now we talked about the, a little bit about the trade show stuff. Um, yeah, I never got back around. Before, around it, did no, I? before <laughs> no, it was something that that I'm not familiar with, so that's why I had questions about that initially when you said there's one coming up. But then, but then you said the, before we started rolling, you were talking about another uh, one that that's coming up. Uh, what area was that? And you were saying uh, that. Uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, uh, there's, okay. a, there's a Stones Throw. Stones Throw, yes. There's really f- uh, three large collectors clubs in the country. Uh, there's the uh, Brewery Collectibles Club of America. Started out as a beer can collectors club of America in '72, '74. It's been around for a long time. Uh, there's the National Association of Brewery and Advertising. Uh, they started out around the same time. And then there's the American Brewery and Association. They started out late '70s, early '80s. Uh, and these are national clubs, people all over the country and overseas, uh, that collect beer stuff. Oddly enough, offshoot again, uh, if you ask any of the brewers, they'll tell you that they're amused beyond belief at the number of people from Europe that send them self-addressed stamped envelopes looking for coasters. The the, the people in Europe appreciate our history way more than we do when it comes to this. Uh, There's a coaster website, it's called Beer Coaster Mania. Uh, it's got all the coasters that have, uh, you upload your coaster. Uh, and I've uploaded numerous coasters. And I've, I've told brewers, I go, you know, once I put this up on this website, you're going to start hearing from people overseas sending you self-addressed stamp envelopes wanting your coaster. Nah, that's crazy talk. Nobody's nope. doing that. Nope. Sure enough, a couple weeks later, dear God, better than I had 30 people send me envelopes in the past week with a dollar in them wanting a damn coaster. I go, See, I told you. I told you once I put that up there, that's what was going to happen. So there is a large collector's market. Uh, the Brewery Collectibles Club of America is the largest. They're having their uh, convention uh, in September out in Omaha. Uh, they are, tend to be. Uh, they tend to lean more more towards cans. Why Nebraska? It moves around. Okay. It go different city every year. Like anything else. Okay. Like different any Comic Con. Any yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They'll move. Yes, different city every year. But uh, the next one is uh, the last one was ABA, which was out in Dubuque. Why I was in Dubuque and hit all the breweries on the way back home. And the next one is uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, it's uh, August 1st through 4th, whatever those wet Wednesday through Saturday is there. I'd have to check a calendar and see. Like how much, how many people, how, what the, what's the volume we can expect at something like that? Uh, like there are, I think we're approaching 150 people. 150? Registered collectors from so around, the, from around the country. So you go all the way out to Nebraska. 
and it would be 150 people. No, there. you go to Nebraska show. Oh, you're looking. Oh wait, wait. no, the Madison one. The I'm Madison, sorry, yeah, the Madison, Madison one. Yeah, Madison one is about a, about 150. Uh, there'll be a there's a public show on Saturday. It's at the uh, Crown Plaza in Madison, Wisconsin. There'll be a public show on Saturday. Starts at nine o'clock, uh, and it's a chance to uh, just come in and see what what all advertising there is and has been. People don't realize. In today's world, you see uh, you see glasses and you see tin tackers, uh, and you see uh, lights and signs and things of that nature. But there was a tin sign yesterday uh, that ended on eBay from a Wacker and Burke Brewing Company in Chicago that sold for twenty seven hundred dollars. Good lord, that's a lot of money. A little nine-inch tin sign from the eighteen nineties sold for twenty seven hundred dollars. It the, the the funny thing about it, if you go look at it, it went. From seven hundred twenty-two dollars to twenty-six hundred dollars in the last twenty-five seconds. Yeah, because yeah, so it's, it's eBay, man. It's like eBay. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. It's like boom, 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 uh, boom, boom. So I mean, you you you'll see if you go to the show in Madison, you'll see coasters uh, for fifty cents and bottle caps for a quarter, all the way up to signs that literally sell for thousands and thousands of dollars and is that something that, like do you get super excited about that like, like i can't wait to get to madison i, 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 I just I, have to be there because i'm one of these guys that likes it you know i, I do because you know, i never know what i'm going to find uh for my own collection that's you old go in there thinking like if i can find one of these like, I do you go, have specifics I, that you're looking for no 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 i just go in if there, you do say it maybe somebody <laughs> listening will be like oh i got one of those so. uh I, I just go in there hoping to find one good decent solid piece for my collection uh, the, uh, and it's funny where some of the stuff comes from. Uh, it was about 98 or so. There was one of the national shows was in M- Minneapolis. And I found a, uh, somebody brought from Montana, of all places, a calendar from the Pioneer Brewing Company of Joliet from 1942. How the hell the damn calendar ended up in Montana, I'll never know. But he found it, and he didn't, didn't really want it, so he brought it to the show. And I walked into his room because in the first three days we do room-to-room trading among the collectors, and then we have a public show on Saturday. And I'm like, oh, 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 that's how easy it is? Or you're just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll pay 500 for yeah, it. Yes, that's basically. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not even like, dude, well, well, nobody really cares yeah, no, about that. The, it's just oh, no, nah, there, there was like, some negotiations yeah, and all, okay. but I ended up paying 500 for it. But like I said, Good I, for you. I'm, I'm, where am I going to find it again? Jewel better and how, cut your salary. <laughs> and how the hell did it end up in Montana? But now it's back home, and it, you can see it at the museum. It's hanging on the wall in my exhibit at the museum, uh, this, that, that calendar that I bought that day. And you asked earlier, it's, that's just one of those pieces that's got a really cool story to it that I walked into somebody's room at a show in Minneapolis and he had a calendar from Joliet that like he found in an antique store in Montana. What goes through your head when you see that? For, for, uh, it's, it's like, oh my God. Do you have to stop breathing? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I do. yeah, yeah, you got to get that. Okay, I can't appear too excited or too overwhelmed. I got to put your game face on, John. Got to put, put, yep, put the game face on for the negotiations on this piece. But uh, it's... Again, it's it's part of it. everything that you see today that's from that time period wasn't saved. It just happens to still exist because somebody shoved it in a drawer or it got stuck someplace in a wall or something like that. Whereas today, I'm intentionally saving things, knowing that in a century, what I've managed to pick up at Metal Monkey or or Migraine or Dovetail, 
you people are all using and drinking your glasses through attrition. Oh, hell yeah! Through attrition, the through attrition, they're gonna through attrition, they're gonna get broken. A century Just from don't now, don't say that. Don't don't you wish that on my I'm glasses? I'm not wishing that on your glasses. But a century from now, I maybe have I may have only one of the last. 15, 20, or 30 that were left because the rest of them have been used, broken, dishwasher, abused, or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why I do part of what I do is because I look for this old stuff now from the 1890s and early 1900s from Joliet, and you can't find it because it was, nobody saved it. They used it, they threw it away. It was usable. It was meant to be used. It was meant to be disposed of. I'm, this stuff is still spent to, meant to be used and disposed of, a lot of this. Coasters, tin tackers, and things of that nature. But I'm saving it, I'm taking it, I'm preserving it so the story can be told in the future because I struggle every day to tell a story about the histories and breweries in Joliet because the stuff doesn't exist because it was not saved. I've sold things that I've picked up as extra to members of the Fred Saring family from the brewery in Joliet and to the Porter Brewing Company. I sold a postcard to Peter Stroh from the Stroh's Brewing Company. <laughs> John Bitterman, you're so goddamn deep. I, I, I can't even deal with all this. Like, is, uh, like, is there any peace right now, like uh, locally? Like, like, you've contacted me before. Hey, Joe, I'm not going to get out to Ailman, <coughs> or I'm not going to be able to get that glass easily. Can can I have that? And I was at the fest, and yeah. then uh, I think you conta- contacted me about the microphones. Uh, smells like a beer yeah, fest. Yes, so yes. Like, did you get that glass? By I the did, way, I did. Okay, I did, you did. I did. All right, did. good, good. There's good. always a running list of things. That like, I what's c- out there? Like, what, what? Maybe you'll say something on here, and somebody will hear it and be like, a "Oh, I got that glass. I'll send it to him." Uh, like, a lot of it is small, small run festival glasses. Uh, this past weekend, Only Child had a homebrewers uh, event at Some Only Child, and they had one of those little itty bitty uh, can glasses for their tastes. Okay. Well, yeah. I messaged Charlotte, who's a, a, a great person up there with, with Ben and the rest of those people, and she goes, "She goes, don't worry, I got you covered. We got you." So I'm lucky that it's that, the John that, that experience <laughs> right there. We got I'm, you. John. I'm, I'm lucky that when I can't make it everywhere, and I can't, I work in retail, so I'm stuck working every Saturday unless I burn a vacation day or a vacation week. That if I message some of these people or some of these brewers, they'll usually go. Don't worry, we got you covered. Or I've got friends from one end of the state to the other, like yourself, that if I message them, I got friends down in Alton. I can't get there. Can you get? I got friends in Springfield. I can't get there. Can you get? I got friends in Rockford. I got friends in the Quad Cities. Damn I got, you. So it's got I, a network of spies. I have a network of like the KGB <laughs> of beer collectors. I have a network John. of spies, is correct, of people who, who, who are willing and know that I'm a collector to go and, and get things for me. But they're fortunately all beer fans. It's not like I'm sending somebody out who despises right. beer and hates beer. No to mules, go. huh? No, you, don't no. Have, you don't have beer collectible mules? No, like? no, no. I be, I, I'm not a fan of that entire no. concept or no. idea. There's so much great beer that if I can't be in your brewery to get your beer, I accept that. I don't deserve it. I, I, but uh, I'm horrible when it comes to glassware or things of that nature. <laughs> you're, yeah, you're a whore. Gl- you're a whore, for whore. lack of a better term. Thanks a lot. I'm done with this podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> First of all, you're never done with this podcast. Let's welcome in Jason real quick. Jason, Jason's on a double brew day. We talked about it earlier while you were not here, uh, that you guys, how hard you guys are working right now on, a, on, on your awesome new system. Um, welcome Jason Janes in from uh, Metal Monkey. Woohoo! How's it going, guys? <laughs> Jason's been on the show before. It was, it was, it feels like an eternity ago. Uh, my podcast was barely started, and your brew house was a way smaller. Just, just a little different. So, how often have you had to tell John Bitterman to leave your brewery? Never. I mean, nah. See, <laughs> I'm telling you, man. People love you. <laughs> we always welcome John with open arms. <laughs> I behave myself. Part of it is you, have you really to do. Yourself. You do. Part of it is you have to behave and you yourself. drink good beer too. Like you're not a you're not a style whore. You're not like a you know. It has to be hazy. It has no. to be pastry. Like it's you know. You you sit here and drink a nice pilsner. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
Though John cringed when I threw the, the he threw the Valentina there. and the uh, and the Lowry's in it. Traditionalist. You yeah. are a traditionalist. Yeah, my wife and I've tried my neighbors and family, and they all look at me like I'm crazy. But Dan's on board, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. That was we joked. That was kind of half of the reason why we canned it in the first place. Like, so you could do that. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like like old pile. Yeah. Uh, like I mean, the, 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 this little network of uh, the Southwest suburban. Like you guys are all friends. Like yeah. Brandon. Brando got us hooked on it when we did our collaboration brew over with him at workforce and you know he got it from steve and brandon over at hail <laughs> which i think they got it from chris betts at transient yeah, like it just, it just worked its way around like it like a very awesome std it just traveled around i see you <laughs> on facebook and instagram doing it now too. i, I can't help myself yeah, it's, it's, it's your guys's fault man i've seen uh arrowhead same thing though they offered i think even with their uh draft pours which is yeah kind of cool oh that's a great idea i think yeah. we talk, i think was it brando somebody was talking about doing it like just on sundays or something yeah. you know like <laughs> offering it in the tap gotta room. make it more special yeah for sure you don't want to just put the string in hot beers <laughs> they belong by a pool in the sun like exactly. you know or after a long brew day right. which you and dan are currently in the middle of yeah we're in the middle of our second boil of the day Today we're brewing up our big uh, triple IPA that we're going to release at a music fest we're having here on August 11th. Which is this a mysterious thing? This this triple IPA or is this something that you're going to share with everyone? Because I, I it's called it's Thank You King. We've okay. made it before. Oh, I've had okay. We've I've made had it. it yeah. I think about two or three times only since we've been open. Uh, we did it once the first year for Illinois Craft Brewers Week, and then we made it uh, twice last year. I think it's going to become like a, a once a year. Special release becomes thing. Like, yes, yes, becomes so something. We're like brewing that. twenty barrels of it today. We're gonna can half of it, and we'll have the refs uh, on draft for the for the music fest. Yes. So it should be fun. Wait, a can. It, yeah. well, that's, John, <laughs> that's all John's thinking about right now. He's like, I don't give a shit what you put in it. Just make a can. Just make a can so I can keep it. Uh, that's a, that's something that I wanted to talk about. I mean, you just walked over here with a can of Bikini Bottom. John and I have been drinking Romeo Pills out of a can. I got. I've seen Up and Adam. I've seen. Uh, I've seen uh, Furious George, yep. first one off the line. Like, how excited are you guys about it's, putting stuff in cans right now? It's crazy. It's so weird. It's kind of surreal to open my fridge at home and have a <laughs> bunch of cans of my own beers sitting there, or it's go feel to pretty a store cool. and see it. So, yeah, it's cool. It's one. It's something that Dan and I wanted to do like over a year ago, but we just didn't have the capacity to do it. So, with the new upgraded system and the ability to produce a hell of a lot more than we were, beer than we were before it's kind of become a weekly thing right now where we got another batch. feels like it yeah we're canning uh, our new england style ipa this thursday and then we got a the call yeah the call is the gonna call. get canned on thursday and then we're doing another run of bikini bottom because it's dude bikini bottom hit hard yeah. it hit hard people were like really excited about bikini bottom oh, that stuff is that stuff is slammable i saw yeah, people i saw people like with the hot weather went too, to another store couldn't find any more bikini bottom like <laughs> yeah. i've seen it on, on social media that's awesome that, it, that it's hitting that hard i mean it's always been a great beer you guys have been making it probably since you started right yeah I mean, it's pretty early it on since before i even fantasy know him, yeah. uh fantasy bowling league yeah. like those were some of the og <laughs> Furious, beers yeah, Furious Furious George. George was one of the first ones i ever made at home way back years ago so it's kind of it's kind of cool to see something that I know I made on my stove is now in a different variation, but and, uh, and on, the the shelves. on the shelves, on shelves yeah. and it's on shelves. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's the crazy thing. Yeah, even yeah, for yeah, me, yeah, like, yeah. like I was selling people Tony's car the other day. I'm like, you got to try this one because somebody who came in looking for Prairie Madness and they're like, they're like, they're sh-. I'm like, they haven't canned it in like a couple of weeks, one months, whatever. It's gone. I'm like, Tony's car right here. Like, boom, I got another local spot that I can. And and, and again. It speaks to the the quality of the beers when you didn't you you didn't hesitate to find another beer yeah. that was just as good 
as quality as, as, as that was. Tony's I mean, car was my first Metal Monkey beer. That was nice. the first beer I had cool. here. I walked in here like, what is this place? What is this? What is, what is this place? They're like heavy metal. There's monkeys everywhere. They got <laughs> they got like four beers on tap. I'm like, what do I, what am I doing here? And then I get Tony's car. I'm like, oh, I'll have a cr- I'll have a holler of this. I'll take 32 ounces of this home with me. You know. Like not bad, and now it's in freaking cans with a logo and everything. Yeah, it's and John Bitterman probably has it on a shelf somewhere in his basement. No, not yet. No. I, I, I have it. I have it, but yeah, none of yeah. I ran out of shelf space. So okay. I'm sorry to say, all the craft, okay. all the all well, of my craft cans. Thankfully, are, with Tony's car, because I screwed something up along the line, so that one we have stickers of. So oh, yeah. <laughs> most Even of better. them, most of them have been shrink wrapped, except for Tony's car was labels due to a uh, scheduling back a and forth pas, mishap. A faux pas. Yeah. But uh, I got uh, Midnight Pig Hook and Hatchet. Uh-huh. Is there yeah. Vienna? Yeah. Uh, they got 16-ounce cans. They all came in wrapped and said 12-ounce on them. Award-winning, and you got a little Easter egg, too. Look at that. That's nice. It's, it's tw- but, so they can't sell them because they're 16-ounce cans. Right. It's a wrap. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah. So, so. It's, like, it's like baseball cards when I was a kid. You get that misprint. Yeah. That's yeah. The Don Russ yeah. card yeah. where the signature so, uh, was just so, a little off or yeah, something. Yeah, so they, uh, they, you know, they're going to take them to festivals and stuff like that, but they can't send them out to stores. And, yeah. you know, awesome. they're like, here you go. Here's a four-pack Bitterman. Sweet. Yeah. I've got a That's a, a big misprint. time. That's a good day for you, right? But, again, that's part of the story that, you know, how many years down the line, those cans, once they pour them at festivals, are crushed and thrown away. How many are going to end up still in existence and in collectors' hands, you know, 25, 35 years down the line where you're going to go, they were switching from 12 to 16s, and the company accidentally wrapped a whole bunch of 16-ounce cans with, you know, and printed 12-ounce on the label. I mean, there's 16-ounce wraps, but it's printed 12 ounces on it. I mean, John. You said you don't brew. You don't brew at home or anything. No. But like, you appreciate when you walk into a place like this. Like, with Jason sitting here, I gotta ask Jason. Like, just for people that either have not been in here or haven't been in here since you guys changed over. Like, explain to people the difference of what you were brewing on to what you are now brewing on. Yeah, we were pretty much had a glorified homebrew setup before. You know, it was a three barrel. You know, hundred gallons at a time. And now we're you know we're doing. A couple hundred gallons at a time a day like today will put in close to 700 gallons in the tank you know and we can accomplish that in a couple hours and that would have been crazy you know filling the one tank today was the equivalent of six of our small tanks before so it's you know in one day we were able to produce what would have taken us six days before so in that scheme of things i you know i think you know i keep track of all the you know the amount of barrels that were brewing and it was like i think it was june we made more beer than we did in like you know more than double than any other month we ever had before <laughs> and then it was, you know sometimes there's like a week where you know you can turn out 40 barrels in a week and before mm-hmm. that could have been like a month so it's kind of kind of got to be surreal strange. it's got to be got surreal right and it's you know we still you know there's still a lot of physical work mm-hmm. involved with it but it's a lot more automated now we're not shoveling the buttons that say grain in yeah. grain out you know, we <laughs> grain <laughs> in grain out we got our you know our grist case and our auger hooked mm-hmm. up now but you know you still got to lift the bags up into the mill and stuff but it's different than we're not shoveling it out of this old mash tun like we did before your old dairy back, uh, yeah, dairy, dairy mash tank tank and, and then and then we talked about that months ago when you guys were on the podcast we talked about the 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 day that you guys spent putting the fucking cooler in you know going to pick it up right. for second hand bringing it over and finally putting it together and then now you have a you just yeah, whipped up is, another cooler yeah, here the, right yeah, behind this you this is a pipeworks original cooler this is the, the one that you guys yeah, picked up that day took down it's oh. been in storage for like a year no shit and That's then the, finally the mill and grist case and auger system we got from uh, another auction from a brewery that closed on in indianapolis uh so you know it was one of those things we couldn't pass up and 
what's been nice about that since we've got it hooked up our efficiency has gone up our you know the ability to consistently produce the same product is what a big thing that's changed i think from our old system was you know the old system it was manually stirring manually dumping the the bags in and it's you know maybe dan stirred one way and i stirred a different way you know maybe someone poured (laughs) clockwise counterclockwise maybe maybe someone poured the bag in a little bit faster than the other guy Ah, so now it's consistency consistently dropping through the auger at the same rate and you know so yeah we're able to you know get a little bit more consistency with it which is great and we're able to now package and able to offer that to go option and I think that's been great. I know our customers have been asking for the longest time. Yes. Can your you know, fucking can, beers can you already? Can the beer, you know, <laughs> and like we were hopefully getting the, a crowler machine in the near future. That oh, was, wow. you know, it was Sweet, another. <laughs> Sounds like another thing I can <laughs> fill with air and take home with me. We had hoped to have that, you know, a month or so ago. It just didn't, it hasn't worked out. We've been kind of focused on a little bit more of the, the 16 ounce packaging. We so. forgive you. It's fine. It's fine. We'll, we'll be happy when it comes. <laughs> Since you've gone to, to cans, uh, so much out on distribution. Are you finding customers coming in simply because they found your cans and never knew you were here until they found that in like an iron and glass or someplace like that oh, yeah, or crafted yeah, or something like know. that? And like, oh my God, I had this beer. I bought it at, at, at iron and glass crafted. I had to come in and see what else you're doing. Are you finding a lot oh, of Oh yeah, that? for sure. And Bottle know, shops are repping you guys hard Same right thing now. with festivals. Even just recently at Naperville Fest, you know, we had a couple cans that we had there that we were sharing with other brewers and people were like, hey, where'd you get that at? And they're like, oh, we have it at the brewery. And they're like, when are you guys open tomorrow or how open you, how late do you open tonight? Can, you know, so Perfect. yeah, we've drawn a lot of people in with that, which has been greater. They've seen it on the shelf and they've tried it or friends have now been able to buy a four pack of cans on a Tuesday and that following weekend they're at someone's house and like, Hey, try this, you know? So did you know that everything tastes better in cans? I mean, that's what the consumer will tell right. you, even though it tastes the same, but I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Cans are cool. <laughs> cans are good. I like it. Is. I mean, they're more portable. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's the great thing. It's shareable. It's portable. It's yeah. not like a you know. I don't. I'm not afraid now. If I give my neighbor a four pack of, of beer, that it's gonna maybe sit in his refrigerator for two weeks, like a holler might, and he might drink it. You know, I know that it's still gonna be good. But God, they suck at making yeah. beer. <laughs> well, dude, you opened it a month after I put a little spinny, tiny thin read cap. The little, on read time. the little warning on the back. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy-two like hours. Today. Like drink it now. <laughs> yeah. And and the, I mean and obviously the best part of all this is that you can make hot beers out of it. I mean that's, that's what this yeah. whole thing is about. It's about making hot beers. Ooh. It's about having a spot for your Valentina <laughs> hot sauce to fall onto and dribble down into your face when you're by the pool. Uh, in in following up on on last time you and I spoke, uh, what, is Dan still making chocolate bars like randomly? And <laughs> he hasn't made any, but though too busy. What, so our tiramisu stout. That no, we, yeah. we, he hand roasted all the cocoa for that. Of course, of course he did. So we hand, we hand, he hand roasted it and we ground it up and put it into the beer. So I think my wife had it this weekend. It was on tap, right? Yeah, yeah, it was on tap. It's this still weekend. on tap, right? It's still, it's still on tap. I'm gonna have to give it a little oh, taste. Just, that's that's, what, I was, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that was that might, might, might be the beer to end the Shannon, night. There. Br- Shannon, and my boy, my wife Shannon and her sister came. My my sister in law has four kids under the age of four. And then Shannon had my two kids. Well, she had one of the two kids. The other one got a play date at the last second. But they all came here to represent just for gnarly, nice. gnarly knots and wore my shirts, wore my awesome. average Joe shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's how you get out into the community, guys. Yeah. That's how you do it. Oh, but that, that you guys have gone through a lot of changes since, since yeah, last time. It's been going know. good. We're, it's been fun. We've had, you know, we had a big fe- uh, big artisan market over the weekend, and we had a we had tons of people here, a lot of local artists. They had some music, a couple new food trucks that are, you know, new to the to the brewery scene and the suburbs. So that was a really cool turnout. We're excited for our 
what we're calling our international music festival because we do have a band coming in from Canada. So. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> so we got five or six bands playing that day, a bunch of food trucks, and that'll be the release of what we're brewing today. This is okay. second, second year you've done this, right? That, you uh, did, this music, you did a music thing last. We've had a couple of music. Yeah, we did the music in, in here that one yeah, night. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, was that, that an was anniversary? anniversary? That yeah. was an anniversary. Okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. But this God, is, that's what I had. I think it was the first time I had. The, I think it was like B.A. Harambe or something. Big old outdoor party stage and everything. So. We're not going to try to jam everybody in here, especially since this side of the building doesn't have air conditioning. Oh, it feels pretty good it's right now compared, over to where, <laughs> compared to where you guys were at. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little hot over there today with the brewing double batch. Oh, uh, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you letting us use the space, no first of all. I mean, this is this is indicative of like what John and I have been talking about within the industry and what attracts guys like us to it who are not in the you know business of making beer. It's like... That the the way that you guys treat each other, like when you run out of something, somebody's got it for you. Like that that yeah. collaborative effort for everything. It's like, I, I I reached out to you guys and you're like, yeah, I don't see any problem with you doing your podcast here. Like whatever, you know. Me and John Bitterman don't have a space, a studio to do it what? in where they serve beer. So it's <laughs> like you know, pretty awesome of you guys to just be like, yeah, take oh, our space. We don't yeah, care. No like, problem. Glad to have you guys. I mean, you you charged a high fee. <laughs> you know, but, you know that's fine. You guys got to make it's a tax write-off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kidding. All they really did was can up Romeo pills for me, so, so you could have your hot beer. <laughs> so I can have a hot beer while I talk to John Bitterman. Awesome. And then that's the, the greatest thing about it is I'm lucky that every time I walk into a brewery, I'm welcomed with open arms. I'm, I'm nobody, like you said. We're oh, I wouldn't buy that for a second. No, but go ahead. I, I, no. I did not say you're nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened. But you know, I'm I'm, I'm just a consumer. I'm just a nobody consumer, and every time I walk into a brewery, John, thanks for coming by. It's great to see you. We got this. We got this. You want to try this? By the way, in the tip back in the tank. Hold on a second. Now comes a beer from the tank, and I'm looking like, well, what do I do that I deserve this except show up and say, I'm at brewery X, Y, and Z, and the beers are good, and the next brewery is going to be X, Y, and Z, and the one after that makes Y. I'm still appreciative and more than anybody any of them out there will ever realize that they that they're that nice and kind to me because i'm just a consumer in my mind i just i drink beer i support the community that's it but there's literally thousands of us out there that do that but for some reason not like you (laughs) there's only one one i wish there was more than one of me i could send me out all over the state then and get you (laughs) and you would and i know you would i would indeed myself you are the where's waldo of the beer industry people are like i spotted john bitterman today at uh, i i had i had that one day i had that i had that one day at forbidden root I've seen you circled and sent out on Facebook. I, I, <laughs> and I think in an ode to that, I spotted you at Workforce one day and the, circled the same you thing and too. tagged you. Yeah, yes. I, I had that one day at, at Forbidden Root. I was at Forbidden Root uh, waiting in line for a release, and my phone buzzed. And it was somebody from work, and he goes, Steve says he's right behind you, and he's at Forbidden Root. And he doesn't know you, and he doesn't want to approach you. I'm like, what, am I unapproachable or Ooh, something? I'm like, sorry. no. I says, just tell him to come on over All right, and say Tom Cruise, to relax. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough, this guy tells me, he goes, my name is Steve. He goes, you're a legend. I know Troy. I'm like, you no, are. I'm not a legend. I you just, are a legend. He goes, I, I, I go, I'm just, just come up and say hi. I'm here to pump ask your me, head up right now. Ask <laughs> me what's going on in my life. Ask me what I've gotten recently that's collectible. Ask me what breweries I've been to. That's what it's about. I'm hoping Dan's over there just sweating right now. Like I'm working I'm hard. Dan's, 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 Dan's over busy there talking to Dan's them. over there whistling for yeah. him. He's <laughs> drinking his little goes and uh, <laughs> talking. Well, thanks for having me. Well, out, thanks, guys. Jason. No, no man, got to represent the Metal Monkey. We're here. We need to hear from you guys. So, All right. cheers, Jason. Cheers. All right, John Bitterman. What else? What else we want to talk about? I mean, you got. Can people still go to the historical museum right now? Like, what's what's 
Well, it's closed now, but, but yeah, well, yeah, not yeah, right yeah, this yeah, second, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. you know, in the near future. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's uh, the exhibit runs through uh, the end of the year now, instead of October. Uh, it really, uh, it, 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 I still walk in there and I stand there and I go, my God, my stuff's at a museum. It's crazy. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, I, like I said, it's been well received. I mean, I, I've, uh, I've heard from a lot of different people who uh, who stopped there. Uh, I go down to the museum and they'll tell me, yeah, we had these two ladies who came down from Chicago on the train and walked over here from Union Station to see your exhibit. Awesome. I'm like, what? Who? What? No. Uh, it's, uh, they like beer. They like beer. They like old stuff. They like history. All rolled up and wrapped into one little yeah, man. neat and tidy package. Uh, but uh, like I said, the, there's a lot of neat stories to be learned uh, if you go to the exhibit. Uh, you'll see a picture in there of Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth was uh, caught uh, when he was on a uh, preseason tour uh, drinking in the Porter Brewing Company in 1923, and he was suspended for the rest of uh, the preseason. Uh, that was pointless. Uh, because uh, he was drinking during Prohibition in a brewery. Well, it's turned in, turned in. Like I said, yep, nope. Uh, you know, like I said, this only the second brewery in the country to have its equipment destroyed. Just a lot of a lot of cool stuff that 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 for some people opens up an entire new world of what beer is and beer was and what beer is meant for uh, for the country as a whole, because beer is uh, entwined entirely with the nation's history from the landing at Plymouth Rock all the way to where we are today. You will find beer involved, and like I said, that's part of what. Uh, it turned me on to it when I was in that AP history class is the religious, cultural, political aspects of this one industry in and of itself. You don't find this with really any other industry because it's a social industry. So it's not just the beer. It's the beer. It's the bars. It's the settings in which people consume beer and how times and things have changed in terms of that setting from a corner tavern everywhere to to them all disappearing for 13 years and then when prohibition ended the number of taverns had decreased substantially because during that time period people became used to drinking at home because it was all bootleg liquor and alcohol so you so so you saw a change in in the cultural setting itself of consuming beer and then you suddenly watched all the small town breweries disappear in a period of about 35 years 40 years to where we were down to 83 breweries of of which only 32 were independent were, were operating companies when you discount Heilman's 13 plants and Anheuser-Busch's eight plants and the rest of that really only had 13 breweries at one point in time and from 1985 to now we've gone from what amounted to 85 operating plants only 13 companies to close to 6000 infinite uh, to close to 6000 like and, 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 right. and you know opening literally uh, at 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 a rate of almost one every couple of days, and even even in the state, you're still looking at at an opening every week, literally. It feels it feels like a lot. Like you're like, whoa, this one. There's another one. There's another one. I haven't done that one. Yes, no, and and, and as a as a collector uh, and historian, to try to keep up with that is just overwhelming at times. Uh, which I is, bet. but uh, I do the 
damnedest I do, can. You really do. You, you work hard. You work hard for it, aside from your actual job. Um, so, like, you know, what what else uh, What else is there for John Bitterman? I mean, there, there's there's history and there's beer. Like, what else interests John Bitterman? Is that it? That's is it. Is that it? Yeah, that's that's it. what you do. History, yeah. That's, uh, that's life. That's yeah, work, that's, history, uh, beer. beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. God damn. Well, to get that good, I guess that's got to be the case. Man. Yeah, I'd like to lose that first one, that work part. Work just, part. Just, well, you know, if you could just... just, just yeah, if you could just make a living off of doing what you're doing, somebody's got to pay you to do like a reality show of some sort where they just follow you all over the place. Just follow like, me around the state like while I, I visit. I guarantee you, people will watch that. I guarantee <laughs> you, if we could get the funding, somebody's watching that. It like, would be, I'm sure, mildly entertaining for some oh, people. I'm pretty sure it would be entertaining for all people, but. If they can make Dust Duck Dynasty into a, into a <laughs> show, I, th- I think I think the John Bitterman Beer Tour uh, show would be just as well. Um, uh, you know, if I, I could go everywhere then. Right, you have you'd have the backing. You'd be yeah, you'd be I in every country. Yeah, yeah, you'd be all yeah. over the world doing that. I, I, I thank you for sitting down and doing almost two hours with me here on the podcast. I mean, it's a, your guy. I've been wanting to talk to you about this stuff. You're, you're more, I consider you a friend now. I mean, I've known you for well, long enough you. where I feel like John Bitterman is a friend of mine. So well, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to sit down and talk to a friend at, at, at a brewery I love and a drinking pilsners and, and, and chatting about beer. So I appreciate you taking some time out to do the podcast. Uh, I, my pleasure. Uh, like I said, anytime I can spread the, the word, the good word. The good, the gospel, the, good, of, the gospel, the gospel of beer. Of beer. <laughs> the gospel of beer. I'm not a holy man, but uh. <laughs> uh, I'm, ha- you know, I'm happy to. Uh, I hope that uh, anybody who's listening to this has learned a few things about about that they never know or knew or thought of, like mm, the wartime metal drives. Uh, right, right. That's, <laughs> that, that's a good highlight. <laughs> that uh, you know contributed to why it's so hard to find tin signs from before the prohibition era they were all just turning and cashing and i encourage everybody uh you know hit any brewery every brewery give them multiple chances a lot of the times when they open they're a little little weak they're just opening their, they got to get their systems dialed in and everything else like that no hair triggers we don't need the no. hair trigger we don't need the quick untapped review we don't need no. the the quick facebook review of like no. ah just no. bad experience or that beer was like you just let them get it dialed in yeah. Take everything into consideration. How long have they been open? Where are they at? What kind of beers are they known for? What are they, this is their first time? You know, their first week open. Like, it, it, you know, I, keep, I, keep you trying. You see, some people. I hate the, their beers. Well, do you do you like Schwartz beers? No. Well, then how can you judge if it's a good Schwartz beer or not? Right. If you don't, don't care for sours. Don't. Yeah. The two point. Yeah, oh, no, no, you can't go judging them on sours. Don't drink not, the sour. Don't drink if the you don't sour. Don't care for the sour. <laughs> I don't understand. Or just don't that. put the number rating. I on don't it, understand all. that sometimes is because they're making good. The chances are that's a well-made sour. You just don't like sours, then don't get yourself a sour. And mm. I strongly encourage everybody to you know save the history because uh, without the history, we don't know where we've been. Now that, that's that's a perfect transition into the last thing that I, w- I would like to hear hear from you is is the, the the history. Do you have like a favorite story? Like, do you have one story that you kind of like keep in your back pocket that you like to have a conversation with people about about your history? Is there anything that the like this was the most fascinating part? You know, there's people that are like, I'm a World War II buff. I love World War II. Like, is there an era or a story in beer that you like say this is the story right here? If you don't know any stories, this is the one. I, uh, not necessarily one story, but I am, in, I am fascinated with prohibition. How it came that f- for the first and only time in our nation's history, we managed to take away the right of a person. No other amendment to the Constitution deprived somebody of a right. 
every amendment of the Constitution has granted more rights. But Preserved, we, granted, like that. Uh, yes, but we decided somehow in what amounted to basically a period of 15 to 20 years to tell people they could no longer legally consume alcohol. And it was a disaster of epic proportions in every sense. The mob existed before that, but the mob did not have the power they did. Jumped up pretty hard. When <laughs> you, just, you, you took away the livelihood from hundreds of thousands of people across this country. Not just the brewers, but everybody that supplied the brewers. Farmers the making farmers grain. The farmers making grain. The, the, the Teamsters who delivered the beer. The Coopers who made the barrels. Mm-hmm. Wood, I didn't know what Coopers were for a while. Thank God. The, the, the tavern owners who had, who had, through generations, had built up their own independent businesses were all of a sudden told, you're closing your doors. You're done. Sorry. Find something else to do. That entire time period just fascinates me how we did that. And all of the small stories that come with that, as I said earlier, how... A, a brewery in Joliet was the second in the nation to have its equipment destroyed by the federal government. Uh, the Just little itty-bitty stories like that that existed for that time period are, are, are some of the coolest stories that are part of the history of beer. Because you, you look at what's happened in the past 20 years, with, and I have nothing against, uh, 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 and I wholeheartedly believe that one should not overindulge and drive. But m- you saw the resurgence of MAD, Mothers Against Drunk mm-hmm. Driving, in a period uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the 80s. And they've, they've, they've slowly disappeared a little bit. Uh, they don't have quite the power and the voice that they once had. But what you saw, again, also coherent with that thought, was that the brewers failed to react building up to World War I. Uh, they fought with the... The wine industry, they fought with the liquor industry. They did not present among the three of them a cohesive presence to try to slow down prohibition. Uh, and, and, and they lost, and prohibition came around. And when World War II started, there was another huge resurgence in an attempt to bring prohibition to this country. There was a great deal, again, of anti-German sentiment because still you had a lot of Germans involved in the industry. And they realized that second time around that they needed to react better. And they were staunch supporters of Liberty Bonds and the Metal Drive. And they gave up voluntarily rations of their grain in World War II. Whereas in World War I, their rations were, dep- they were taken away because they didn't want to. We, no, we need that grain to make our beer. They, this time around in World War II, realized that, okay, we made a mistake last time. You may have 20% of our grain to make for shipment overseas to support the war effort. And th- it's the stories like that that arch across this country with this industry that are the most fascinating part of why I, I, I love the beer industry so much. Because they stopped making cans. Cans came out in 1935. The first beer can was made. By 1943, they said, you know what? We're not going to make cans anymore because you need that metal for airplanes and tanks and boats, and the beer industry voluntarily suspended can production. Although cans at that time were increasing faster in sales than bottles were, they realized they, they made a mistake the first time around, just a mere 20 years earlier. And it, it's, it's, it's little stories like that. There's no one particular story. It's just a whole bunch of little stories that tell the history of, of, of beer that just 
make it so much more fun for me to be a part of the, the history and understand the history and where it's come from and where it's going to and where we are right now. And I save that stuff, glasses and everything else, because once again, 30, 40, 50 years from now, that glass that I picked up at a brewery, that may be the only advertisement they had. And there may be no other representation of that brewery in, in a half century because things were used, things were destroyed, and things were thrown away, much like they were a century, century and a half ago. So I appreciate the fact that I'm allowed by all these people to become a part of their part of their industry, part of their business, and help them save it. Yeah, it keeps the legacy alive for those, like you said, you've had some that you've contributed to that never made it, and they never made it out of the incubator, and you've got ones from people that have gone from tiny to, you know, now they're huge. Now they're big shots. Yes, you know? yes, yes. You just, you, you're keeping this industry alive for, for on that side of things. Like I, I don't know many people that are like you. I mean, you're saying that you're, you go to these shows and you get maybe at 50 at this one, 150 maybe in the one in Madison. Uh, I mean, are these guys like that are doing similar things to you or are these guys that are like, yeah, they're in it because they like collectibles or are they, they showcasing the same passion as you are about like the story you just told me? You know? There are, there are a lot of, a lot of us out there, but a lot of people are, are, are in it just to, 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 for the collecting, but not for, not for the, the stories and things that come with it. And, and it's, it's oddball, small stories. Noon Whistle uh, was Trioka before they were Noon Whistle. When they went to trademark the name, the trademark was owned by a European company. They had two glasses made. I oh. own both of them. Whoa. Whoa. Where else are you going to go and find two You're not. pre-Noon Whistle glasses and they mentioned when they, on their episode that they had troubles finding location and they had a spot and then they moved it to the spot they're in i did i did not know about the trioka thing I yeah, mean, yeah 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 uh, so i i, I it's it, it's part of what it makes it so much fun and exciting and the people that come to these shows some of them are passionate some of them are very passionate some of them only collect their hometown some of them collect a whole state some people specialize in things there's, there's a guy in in uh in wheaton who collects just pre-prohibition mugs he's probably got 2,000 pre-prohibition mugs. Wow. We don't even think there'd be that many to collect. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fun hobby to be a part of, uh, and I'm glad that uh, my love of beer and my hobby all came crashing together at once because it would not be nearly as much fun to be a collector today if there wasn't new things to collect and new breweries to visit because even if you don't have something in your brewery, I'm still going to show up and I'm still going to drink your beer. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a new coaster? That's okay. Give me the... I'm here for the beer anyway. That's sometimes secondary. The liquid. Want Although, the liquid. like I said, I, you move to the top of the list if I know you got something I'm looking for or need. <laughs> so where, where, where maybe uh, you know, this coming weekend will we see John Bitterman? I am disappointed that I will not be uh, able to go to Wolfden this weekend, that they've postponed that. But I appreciate that, uh, that sentiment that they were not quite ready. This weekend, uh, Saturday... Because I, I have a show on Sunday. I can't go out drinking all night on Saturday yeah, night. I'm sure you can. Uh, there's a strong chance I'll be doing that Western Avercorder. Starting okay. at... Uh, so what, what, what are you hitting there? Uh, it probably will be Vice District, Motoro, Weiner, uh, One Trick Pony, Open Outcry, mm-hmm. and uh, Blue Island. Keep you've an, all been warned. You've all been warned. Keep an eye out for this guy. <laughs> well, thanks again, John. We'll we'll wrap it up. I mean, we're two hours in, and uh, thank you for sitting down yeah, and doing it. Out half of it, it's all right. Now, we're not editing shit out. That's all. That's, that's the whole thing, my friend. We don't do that editing stuff in my podcast. 
it wouldn't be it'd be impossible to make this podcast if I edited everything out. So thank you again. Cheers. Thank you very um, much for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. And go go visit you. I mean, I know you, you're still at the Joliet Historical Museum. Go see John's portion of John's collection. I don't know if all of it's in there. There's it's a just chunk the, of it. Just the Joliet it's stuff. A small chunk of it. Yeah, very yeah. minuscule chunk of it. All Joliet. Uh, so you Southwest suburbs folks. And then uh, look for John in that, that corridor coming up here. <laughs> you're going to find him somewhere up and down Western, Western Ave. All right. Well, cheers. We're out of here. Thanks, John. Thank you.